podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's Andy Campbell! It's in! Campbell comes off the bench to be a hero! A superhero! Hey guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to episode number 41 of the Andy Campbell Champion Show, exclusively at the moment on Ace Podcast Nation, represented by Black Diamond Sports International. Today, very special day for me personally, because it is episode number 200 of Ace Podcast Nation, and um, I would just like to take a minute to say thank you to everyone who has tuned in downloaded shared liked any of the shows and uh, of course to all the guests all the people and uh, of course my co-hosts like uh, young andy here and uh, a couple of the other guys as well everyone who's just supported the channel i appreciate you all and i thank you but uh, this is only the beginning only the start of uh, what we plan to do we've of course got podcasts series shows interviews and content on all sorts of subjects from Football, mental health, MMA, boxing, conspiracy theories, and a whole lot more, including our uh, unique series, uh, My Story, and Unscripted and Uncensored, which we have some new episodes of those coming up soon. We have a My Story. Next episode is with Cardiff City legend Scott Young, which is a a very, very interesting show as we take him through his career. But uh, you can subscribe to the channel at youtube.com slash ace podcast nation that is the best way and the quickest way to support the channel and uh, you can find all our shows in video format there as well as the uh, audio versions at all the usual podcasting uh, platforms radio apps things like that tune in radio iheart radio uh, apple Podcasts, spotify too many to list but they're, they're everywhere uh, of course today is the andy campbell show we talk football and uh, first of all, I'm joined by former Cardiff City Borough striker, the legend of the second worst town in the UK, <laughs> the goal collector, Davy Jones's favourite son, and of course, Big Daddy Cams, Mr. Andy Campbell. How are you, my friend? I'm good, mate. Yeah, thank you. Looking forward to it tonight. Yeah, it's been Excited, good. Like a, like a kid in a sweet shop at the minute. That's it, mate, as well, isn't it? That's it. So, uh, and of course, joining us, as you can see, just to the left of Andy Campbell, is uh, former Manchester United, Middlesbrough and Wales International, Mr Clayton Blackmore. Welcome, my friend. How are you? I'm good. Good evening. How are we all? Indeed, good. Thank you for coming Very on. pleased. Very pleased to have you on, Clayton. As I say, we've, uh, I'm just delighted to... Uh... <laughs> To have you on, mate. You know what I mean. Absolutely. I I got the privilege to uh, uh to play alongside Clay when he uh, when he came to Middlesbrough um after after he left United. It was just a, a surreal time in my life, my career, and, and uh, to have you on here to go through your career is uh, is is fabulous. Really, we looking forward. Oh, it was to good. It. it was good to play with you. You know, hey. when I was playing, I remember I played a lot in defence at the time, and you need somebody to play too. And that's where, you know Paul Pogba's been getting a lot of stick, and he needs mm. somebody he can play to. That's it. Got our strike. It's past you. Just, but, just um, be boost back. Just be boost back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you and Rashford. Well, <laughs> don't know if you could keep up with him, and quick. But um, yeah, like my um, 
obviously I'm Welshman as well. So like Clayton, you were you, yourself, Mark Hughes, and uh, like Ian Rush. They were the the fir- you were the first Welsh players who were kind of like I really I knew your names, your positions, and I was a big fan of your free kicks as well. And then um, so to have you on, it's just a a, a gen- genuine honour, sir. But uh, it's a pleasure. We're going to talk a bit about uh, some some uh, some memorable memorable games of yours later on, uh, in particular the Cup Winners' Cup final, which again is like that's one of my earliest memories of watching football on TV. Just Quite because too, yeah. I remember watching it and watching uh, watching that Mark Hughes. I think it's his second goal where yeah, he goes yeah. around goes around the keeper, Took it on and, the keeper and, and smashed it in as hard as he could. Yeah, yeah that angle. He's the only one who could have done that. Unbelievable yeah, just, just just pure technique though, just everything he had, and you know what I mean. It must have been a it must have been a privilege to play with somebody up there because you knew you knew exactly what you were going to get, Clayton. Yeah, that he, he yeah. held the ball up. You know what I mean. He would battle for every ball. He would never give up. He must have been an absolute defender's nightmare to play against, but a joy to play in your team because you know what I mean. You could you could just hit a hopeful ball. He would he would never give it up. Yeah. And, and if you put it up to his chest and up to his feet, you were never ever getting round him at all. You know what I mean. And he, he just seemed no, to get better yeah. with age as well. No, but it's like I say there, whenever you're playing, if you're playing in defence, you need somebody to play to. With yeah. you, you had your pace, so yeah. I'm looking over the top for you. With Mark, he sort of mixed it up, but he knew if you could play anything, if you if you miss it, you pass, and it was a yard or two off off him, he was still going to get it. He's like a Tasmanian devil. You know, yeah. it was going to be his ball, and that's that. And, you know, he played the, the game that way all the time. But I think people didn't realise how good he was when he got the ball. You know, I've watched, I played, I grew up with him at 14, 15 in the schoolboy team, and he was tearing England teams apart on his own. He'd beat three, four, five players with the ball. He was a very good dribbler with the ball, and obviously, we all know he scores spectacular goals. But on, on that note, as well, there's a video going around uh, when he was manager of Manchester City, and it's a, it's a finishing drill anyway. And I think Carlos Tevez knocks the ball over and he smashes a volley in, in training from about. 35, 40 yards, right in the top goal score, right in the top corner, and he just celebrates like he's just, just does it naturally every every second of every day, and, and I think that's what he does though, because you know what I mean. I remember him just pure technique, you know what I mean, and you know what I mean. But you just said there about Tasmanian devil. That is that how he is that how he played the game, and is that how, how he trained as well? Because yeah, for me, yep. I think that's I think that's not um, that's not probably drilled into young players nowadays when they're coming in. You know, what I mean? it's all about temperament, all about being calm off the pitch and. Um, and, and, and on the pitch, but you know, what I mean, sometimes you can't teach that and can't drill that into people. Well, I think we, we teach them more now about the social media. We had so many meetings on social media all the time, you know, making sure you don't put the wrong things on social media. Hmm. But you know, like you say, Mark trained the same way, and I think we were all the same. I trained yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the same way. I had to, you know, I had to, I mean, to be fair, when you're a kid coming through at Manchester United the day before a game. I might be playing on Saturday, but I don't know on Friday. So Friday, mm. I'm training like I'm trying to get into the team. Yeah. But come Saturday, I'm tired in the game. And is that is that is that, is that is that something? Is that is that a Fergie Fergie? Yes, because I obviously I, I I'm going to reminisce now to what what Brian Robson did at Middlesbrough that um, that every Friday was competitive. Five aside would be competitive like a match day on a Saturday, and I, and, I, and I find that obviously mm. the traits what um, Fergie had just followed and seemed to follow down to what what the Gaffer did at Middlesbrough. And, you know what I mean? It obviously yeah. didn't do us any harm because it made it made it made everything competitive with that training matches, five side matches, running sessions. Everything seemed to be really competitive, and I like that. Yeah, I mean it is. Yeah, I mean you, you you know you play. You can't really jog through training, and no. but I mean it was when we went to Middlesbrough the first time. It was a bit over the top. It was even worse than what we were doing. You know, it was you were you were full out, 
but you knew what was a bad tackle. Yeah. And I think the first season of Middlesbrough, there was 60% of injuries came from training. Because you got people like Pollocks in there, and everybody's mulling each other. Yeah. But I think, though, as well, though, because, well, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not being disrespectful. I, I say Jamie's a good friend of mine, and, and uh, obviously Alan Moore and Calvin, people who've obviously played in the same time with you when you joined. And, um, but they're all of a sudden now training and playing with, with players with much more ability, a lot, lot, lot quicker upstairs, so they can, they can see a pass before everybody else. And sometimes a tackle looks a little bit. Probably worse, missed time because somebody's a little bit quicker upstairs. Everyone says about Teddy Sheringham, about Teddy being a little bit quicker upstairs. But I, I saw that when you lot came, that that you were exactly the same. Even when he, the, the style of players the gaffer was bringing in, like Neil Cox, etc. You know what I mean? They were yeah. always a little bit of a high, higher quality than what we had at the time. So um, it, it just, just it just made me think that United's training must have been such a high standard every single minute of every single session because of because of the way that it was just the expectation to do it. Yeah, well, I mean, it always, you we always trained hard with Sir Alex, but Fridays, we didn't really do much. That was a yeah. big difference, which I found, I mean, in the first season, I think we were top of the league, and I picked up a little bit of an injury, and I came back, started training with the lads, and we trained on the Friday, and I just remember, I think they were playing Swansea in the cup, away. It was in the, like, I don't know, it was the league cup, and like, I wanted to play, but obviously... You know, I just it was my first day back training on a Friday, and it went on for about an hour and a half, and I knew I couldn't play the next day anyway. I was so tired after doing the training session, and I'm thinking, we well, can't, you can't train like that and then be, you know, yeah, fresh yeah, yeah. for Saturday. Yeah, yeah, totally. Then totally I think agree. it got back to the gap. Robbo found out then, and he was like, you know, I think he tuned it down a bit. You can't yeah. really, you can't go training an hour and a half a day before a game. Like no, I say, I, I, I didn't go. Well, all the sports science now, isn't it? All the sports science, you know what I mean? People are tapering things um, towards the needs of players. Some people need to do a little bit more. Some people need to do certain aspects of training. You know, you know yourself from being a, a top coach yourself, Clip, that, you know what I mean? It's it's about managing a week. It's not, you know what I mean? A, a match yeah. day doesn't start on a, on a Saturday. A match, a match week, our preparation starts on the Monday after the last game. And it's uh, it's about a progression and a progression through to, to get, you, get you ready. And obviously, all the success obviously, that you've had in your career at United, Middlesbrough uh, and Wales, you know what I mean? Just shows that it shows that you played obviously for some some top managers. So on that point, then, so um, what do, what do all the different managers obviously the traits they have? Because obviously you started at United under um, Ron Atkinson. So how how does he differ then to, to what Fergie brought into United when when he came? Uh, well, I mean, I think Sir Alex was way ahead of everybody. Um, the way the game has gone now, he was down that road then. You know, with with Big Ron, we used to turn up, train. The training was about him really. He'd be he'd be he'd be in the training session. <laughs> you know, if you're playing balls out, he'd do a bit of finishing, knock the ball out wide to the wide men and get people in. The, he'd be the ball. He'd be the ball player playing the ball out wide. You'd have Copper Monday, L's on. White <laughs> socks on. No, Ray Wilkins trained one day without socks on. And then following week, Big Ron's out with no socks on. So, yeah, I mean, he, you know, it was more about Ron. And, but he was, I liked him. He was a good manager. He was always bubbly, always. And he, he, he was, for me, he was a successful manager. But when Sir Alex came, you know, we, we went into depth on the opposition and everything else. And, you know, I think with, with Premier League football, you know pretty much everybody you're playing against, or you yeah. should do. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you watch them every week, you watch, you know, and so you know what they do. Um, and you, you probably don't even need to do that now, what Sir Alex was doing. He had to do that then. I remember him and Archie Knox were going to watch game after game after game every week. And, uh, you know, they'd be getting stats on what all the other teams are doing. 
and while the danger areas are. I found, uh, uh, well, I, was I was just going to say, you look at like um, Mourinho, you look at Fergie, you look at Wenger, you look at all the, the most successful managers over the last sort of 20, 30 years, in the, particularly in the Premier League, um, and they've all been high on stats. They look at every detail, um, or they've got a team of people who look at every detail for every game, all the teams they're playing. And I think, I would imagine, obviously, having not played professionally myself but like i would imagine that that attention to detail can sometimes be the difference between winning a game or drawing a game or drawing and losing um i was going to ask you clayton though which um like which one out of fergie and uh, ron atkinson was more i think i know the answer but i'm interested to hear like obviously your experiences which one of those were kind of more approachable in terms of Day to day, just around you know, around the training pitch and around the place. Um, well, I mean, I always used we used to check Sir Alex just to see what kind of mood he was in. You can always <laughs> you get a bit nervous. Even I, I, when I went back coaching, he was obviously still at the club then, and you'd see him coming into the dining hall, and I'd have a little check to see was it worth going over and say hi, you know, because <laughs> you never you don't want to bump into him when he's in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> don't allow, don't don't leave leave any uh, football boots on the floor, do you, Clayton? Uh, get kicked in the face like uh, Beckham did. Yeah, he, he couldn't do that again. <laughs> not, not hard to be a miss it. Probably aimed at him, but he's probably you know I think he's got a bit lucky there. Uh, going back to your go point to your side, you said um, you said there about um, Jose Mourinho, uh, Arsene Wenger. You know what I mean? But I, I see Fergie's achievement so is. Uh, obviously a little bit well miles better because of um, the era that he came through football at you know what I mean yeah. he came through and took over at United when things weren't great at United you know what I mean the players no. that he had at his disposal weren't the strongest you know what I mean Mourinho took over the best of the best all of the time yeah. um, Wenger took over at Arsenal and he had a solid uh, spine of the team you know what I mean he had the back yeah, five yeah, yeah. which were which was solid and the players he was able to bring in were, were, yeah. were massive you know what I mean Fergie relied on youth a lot and a couple of experienced players he already had. So, you know what I mean? How, how would you feel about all three of them and bringing them together in a, in a comparison then, Claire? Well, like, like you said, I think you were dead right with Mourinho. You know, he, I mean, they should never have won that competition. Porto, when they came to Old Trafford, no. it was a really scabby goal. And if they don't win that game, you might never see Jose again. Yeah. You know, and to be fair, mm. they score the goal and then he runs and slides down the touchline. So everybody remembers him for that. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was such a bad goal. The keeper makes a good save, but we didn't react on the rebound. But you know, you know, it's history then. But he, you know, he knows good players. I mean, but I I, I watch loads of fans, and they all everybody knows good players. He, mm. he when he first came to United, he went. I bought the best three players. The best one in Germany was supposed to be Mkhitaryan. Mm. Um, he didn't do that great there, but he, you know, he could see he was a fantastic footballer. He got Pogba, the best in Italy. Mm. And Ibra, the best in France. So he's gone out and bought the best around. He's, as he looked at the team to fit him in, doesn't really matter. But, you know, he, he's gone out. And I think that's the way he works. He always likes, I think because of the Drogba thing, they've always had the one up front. But he was like two strikers. Yeah. For me, I like two strikers up front. Just but then you look at you look at him at Chelsea though, Claire. There, you you've got Jogbro up front. You've got um, Iron Robin one side. You have Damien Duff or something on the other side with a bit of pace. And it's yeah. you know what I mean. If you've got Ibrahimovic up there on his own and you and you haven't got the pace out wide, um, yeah. it's so difficult, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's different if you've got Cristiano one side and you've got Rashford the other and you've got somebody else behind yeah. the strikers. It's it's such a different scenario. You know, I'm I'm similar to you. You're not an old school. 
for me, I, I was brought up on two centre forwards, someone who can hold the ball up, someone who can run behind. So you've got a good mixture. You know, I mean, you've yeah. not got two two little ones. You've not got two big monsters. You've got a, a good comparison yeah. in two who can play off each other. And um, I thought it's not seen enough in football nowadays. It's it's just it's, well, I think it's it, all I think this it makes it easy. Four, three, two, one, and for me, it makes it easier for the defenders. I mean, I've played centre back. You you put one up front all day long, I'll be happy. You yeah. ask any centre half, you put two up. They're not so happy because they have, they both have to work all game. Yeah, I totally agree. Centre halves in a game. If you ever watch a, the next game you watch, watch them. They'll jog up to the halfway line and they'll jog back to the the penalty box. That's what they'll yeah. do for pretty much most of the yeah. game. I totally so agree. They, I, if you've got I, a brain. Yeah, well, that's all I, they'll do. I remember. I remember towards the end of my career, I was I had played up front on my own once once or twice. I, I really didn't enjoy it because I was I was getting asked to play a different game than what I was used to because I I wanted to run in the channel. And I was getting told to stay between the box and just hold the ball <laughs> up. And so I'm not. I feel I'm feeling though I'm not doing any work. I'm feeling a little bit lazy, a little bit lethargic because I'm not. Do, I'm not playing my normal game. And you know, I mean, running in behind, running the channels. You know what I mean? And, and then leaving somebody else to do all that stuff what I don't enjoy doing is, yeah. is for me is just the, the way forward. Well, you know, stupid, it? Just, yeah. they bring you in to run in. You know, they, yeah. what you've that's, done is why they brought you to the club, and then they want to yeah. change you. Yeah, and it, it just doesn't make and sense. That's, to thing, me that's why I think with people like Mourinho are a bit like that. They'll they'll bring top players in on what they're good at, and then they'll try and change what they do. Yeah, and they, yeah, I've never understood that. Never playing them in different that. positions. But like, Mourinho uh, does that a lot. Uh, he signs yeah. those players, and then he plays them he completely the opposition. He wants that. It was my decision. I saw yes. that United. He did that in one. I think he got somebody to take a penalty at Old Trafford, and it was a bit embarrassing. He's like, he turns around to the fans, told you. Yeah, got the right one yeah. to take. He could have got a blind man to go out there. And he, he might still score. It's a penalty. He might. It's a good yeah. chance he's going to score. But that that for me made me think. Oh, it's all about him. Yeah, I, mean, I think we all really knew that, but that really backed up what it. we all thought. Yeah. Um, so we got a couple of questions come in. Uh, Johnny Wish has asked them. When did the players realise that uh, Ryan Giggs was better than Lee Sharp or were taking his place? I suppose. Um, well, they're a little bit different players. I mean, Sharpie had pure pace. Sharpie was the better crosser, put some fantastic balls in Sharpie, always scored some great goals. He was a very good player, Sharpie. It was, it was a bit unlucky for Sharpie that then Ryan came along because mm. Ryan's yeah. a bit more of a close dribbler. He dribbles with the ball close to his feet, very sharp, changes direction like he's running in a straight line. Scary. How, 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 how good? How good was he though? Clay? You know, what I mean, so obviously you've got to play with him. We've got to play with him at both Wales and um, yeah. United, and you know, what I mean, I, I know this is the big hoo ha about uh, about Wales that he didn't like playing friendlies or he didn't turn up for friendlies. He only turned up for the big games. But yeah, and he's a he's a he's a big game player. You know what I mean? So he's gonna yeah. he, when he when he turns up, he turns up and he and he gives he gives his lot. He, there's no there's no more successful footballer who's, who's graced the Premier League than Ryan Giggs, and that's uh, games, goals, seasons. Honours, you know what I mean? So how good was the man? He was as good as they come. The only thing I, you know, I mean, we're, we're doing, we've been doing a few podcasts and we're trying to pick our best Man United team of all time. And some people put in Bestie in and you can put anybody you want in, Ronaldo. Hmm. And for me, Ryan's got to be in that team. Absolutely. I mean, some people, are, I mean, he's the, for me, I think, barring Ronaldo, he's the best player I think's played at United. I think he's the best player that's played in the Premier League myself. Yeah, um, I, well, no, I don't think I won't go on that one because Ronaldo's played in a. Yeah, Ronaldo I suppose. was scary. 
Honestly, Ronaldo is ridiculous, though. Isn't when, he? when he went to, we we had the best of Ronaldo because he played right wing, and he was running yes. the length of the pitch. He's dribbling all the time, running the length of the pitch, scoring great goals. And then when he went to Madrid, he, he's more now of a he's a more of a striker. He's a poacher. He can probably play for another five or six years. And, yeah, scary that though. It's scary the the level the level all of a sudden he got out of United and then and then and then just progressed on progressed on and still to play now at, at Juve and to be and to be playing the level he's at is just it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember him. I remember the first game when we played him, and uh, I think John O'Shea played. He had a fantastic preseason, John, in America, and then he went missing for a month. Ronaldo played against him, and I never saw where's John gone. <laughs> but he actually tore him apart, and that's why we bought him. Was this the spot Lisbon? Was this the Lisbon game? Yeah, was it? Is this the, the, the famous, famous one where he tried to, what the deal was getting done at half time during the game, and just well, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Didn't he? Um, didn't the players like uh, like Gary Neville and getting cold? Yeah. Didn't the players basically say to Fergie, you know, got to sign him, got to get him? Well, like I say, everybody knows a good player. I mean, of it's course. not hard, but he was special. Yeah. I mean, everybody had a little moan at him when he was his first game. When I looked at him, I went, oh, he's scary, man. He's going to cause some problems. I remember. Yeah, after so that, yeah, I remember after the first, when he came on as sub, I think it was against Bolton. I might be wrong about the opponent. Yeah. But he came on as a sub and he did like the step overs as he does straight away. Yeah, and I saw loads of people mocking him and saying, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Waste, waste the money. But I mean, that that those last couple of seasons he had at United, very hard that anyone will ever match those just for not just for his contribution in assists and goals but just the just the all-round quality and entertainment yeah i've seen him falling over flick it 40 yards i found that game i i went to the cup final at um millennium stadium when uh the big millwall was i think it was 3-0 uh, yeah. I think he scored. He scored one of the goals that day, and he was just—he was unplayable. He, they couldn't get yeah. near him. All that one of the Yeah, it was, he was. He was just unplayable at the end. He was just—he was unplayable all the time. He was just, and, it was, and, and but at, at the time for me, he was only a young kid, and he was still a bit raw. But you know, what I mean, that, that's for me. And then when I see him play now, I think, geez, you know, what I mean, that was that was yeah. just that was that was always going to happen from the grounding he had. Yeah, and, exactly. You know what I mean? Technically very good, but then to go into stature, to go into a proper, um, a proper strong man as well. To and and he's oh. still. Still got the still got the football and ability like he had when he was probably a 12, 13, yeah. 14 year old boy. So you know what I mean? Yeah. Fair play. I think I think he's been a bit unfair done by as well. I know like I like Messi, I think he's a fantastic player, but I think him, Kaka won it as well, Ballon d'Or thing. And there's a few times he should have won that a few more times. But I think because he was at United, because most people don't like United. Yeah. I think that was a big reason. And you could tell people don't like in England, they don't really like him. No, totally agree. He's great to watch. Yeah, oh, well, I can imagine. I can imagine week in, week out. I bet it was, you know what I mean? Because he played wide, he could play up front. He, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, when, when he played Wayne Rooney, I remember the, the, it was a goal against Bolton. And yeah. when it was a corner, corner to Bolton, and they broke away both of them, and the pace was just out of this world. And you know what I mean? And just, yeah. it, just, it just shows how simple the made football look at times. It just makes you feel sick, really, that how, how easy. <laughs> it's just, it's just a, it was like going for a, going for a walk with your family. I oh, think you could have taken him on a race. Yeah, yeah. I'd have, oh, <laughs> without the ball. <laughs> yeah, without the ball. He's quicker with the ball than I was without the ball. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, that's the problem, wasn't it? So, uh, so Richie Thomas asks, um, can I ask Clayton what his experience was like playing for Bangor City in the Welsh Premier League and what attracted him to play at uh, Farrow Road? Um, it was it was weird. It was, it was uh, the manager there 
he uh, he managed me when I was 15. I played for the, the Welsh schoolboys under 18s, Myrin Appleton. And uh, he just rung me and said, do you fancy a game? And I'd been out of the game. I just walked away from the guy. I got really disillusioned with a few things uh, up at Middlesbrough, then at Barnsley, and then at Notts County. The three teams just before... Within two years, I'd like walked away from the Premier League and walked away from English football. And, you know, it was six months in, I, I was missing the, the old playing because I was still quite fit. Mm. So I ended up, when I went and played there, I was there six or seven years when I probably should have been playing somewhere else. So but why was that? Why was that then, Clay? So why 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 did you why did you get disillusioned? Because you know, what I mean, I've 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 had the same conversation with players on here um, about um, coming out of football, about about how you react, your body reacts, how your your mental state reacts about about the um, uh, about one minute being in football, the next minute not being in football, and you know what I mean. When I came out, the the thing I missed the most was the changing room banter and the and just yeah. the, the everyday camaraderie. Really, you know what I mean. I really yeah. struggled with. Um, <laughs> With the transition and not doing it anymore, I, you know what I mean. You can't, you can't do it one minute and then not do it the next, and then never ever do it again. So you know that's really that's basically what I struggle with. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, most lads will struggle with the same thing. You know, I mean, I I stopped playing because I just got disillusioned with people. I've I, I've been sheltered at United, and the backstabbing was it was a bit of backstabbing going on at United at Middlesbrough at Barnsley and Notts County, the three clubs I went to after United. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, people probably don't even know. I mean, I I only played the first season. We won the league, and then I, I must have had five games. I think the following season. Yeah. And there was somebody who was undermining me all the time, and uh, I ended okay. up finding out. I found out in the end why who it was. I thought because I remember, funnily enough, and uh, the first two months into the season, somebody pulled me into his office and said, "Look, I know you don't like me, and I don't like you." That was his words, and I went, "Wow, there's nobody in football yeah. I don't like." So, okay. and I knew, well, I, I, knew was, I knew it was a problem there. That must well, be I, difficult I, to deal with, though. Well, yeah, exactly. But I, I look, the guy who was there, he was, you know, he had obviously they've got lads who were still there, and I was playing him. I think Higgy used to play right midfield. I was playing right midfield that year. So it was somebody who liked Iggy, but I don't know if it was down that road. I mean, I'm in the paper then about falling out with Brian Robson. And then I find out from the lads, obviously, I mean, I know Higgy really well. Higgy's a nice lad. I got on with him. And he's his best mate working in this paper. So the headlines of I've fallen out with Robbo and all this. I'm no, like, no, Robbo and going... Have I fallen out with you or something? <laughs> and, 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 and I think this is the thing for me because obviously I, I, yeah, I was I was just unaware of that. I think it was when you were, when you were a player and you're in a in a in a certain bubble and things. But you know, what I mean, I played with you. You were you, as an experienced player. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. You you quiet. Yeah. You you're in and around the yeah, place. I'm not. You know what I mean. You don't. You're not. But you weren't a shouter. You weren't a screamer. You know what I mean. You came in. You yeah, did your job. And, and then you went back. <laughs> so that's what. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now, for me, for me, it was. Uh, but you played in the cup final as well, didn't you? Middlesbrough, obviously, you played in the FA Cup final when we got beat by Chelsea. Yeah, uh, you were sub against Leicester City when we. That was a big one. For me. We gave we gave the uh, Heskey scored right at the end, right at the death. So yeah, what, about, what about what about both of them? Then? So let's start with the Leicester game because that was the first one. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I remember playing. We played Leicester away in the league, probably about two or three weeks before, or four weeks before. I uh, played in the middle midfield. Um, I scored. We beat them three-one. I scored a free kick from about twenty-five, thirty yards. Yeah, I remember that. 
Um, so we're having, we're doing the we're watching the video now of that game, and I've got Viv talking to me, saying, "Oh, you look, you do because he's already they've already named the team then, and must um, Musto's in instead of me." And uh, I'm saying, "Well, he, he says he's doing better than Musto." Then I'm like, "You can't say that. He's playing, and you're leaving me <laughs> out." So wow. you know, I was a bit annoyed with the whole thing, but I was I ended up on the bench. So about ten minutes in, I think Curtis got injured. He had a really yeah, did, bad yeah. time, and he looked like he was going to come off. So he looked like he was going to get on, but I never got on. And I think, I think if I'd have got on, it would have been a different finishing. I think we'd have finished the game better because we we stopped. We didn't give the ball to Janino because they man marked him. Yeah, all right. Well, I think the longer the game, the longer the game went on, they they they, they grew into the game. I think it was, you know, what I mean, obviously nil nil ninety minutes. Um, Rav scored just in the first half extra time, and then I think after that goal, I think we, I think the thought was game over. But they grew into the game a little bit. They had nothing to lose. A throw through everything yeah. at us, you know. What I mean, Muzzy is it, and and Steve Claridge and uh, Steve Guppy, Heskey. You know what yeah, I mean? They had a good team. They had a good side. That was the best Leicester City side, apart from the side was one that won the league. They had some really really good players, and um, but we just I, beat I, I them three one. Three a lot weeks of success. Before. But we were a, we were a good side though. We were a really good side. I mean, we, a, we we just beat them three one and. You know, and now I'm not in the team. But yeah. what was what was annoying me was the year the year before that, Robbo was coming telling me at times I'm playing on a Friday, and then come Saturday, he said I've had a look at the video last year, and he didn't play in the game. So I'm like thinking, and we and we did well, and I'm like, well, you're never going to play me if you're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And I, and that's where it, I don't think it was Robbo; it was somebody bringing the attention to him. Right. Okay. Mm. And that's and that's a little <laughs> bit, and that's underhand a little bit, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because yeah, you, you know what I mean. For me, for me, you're judged on you judge on your current performance as a player because you know what I mean. I, I, football's not 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 simple at times. You know what I mean? It can be so cutthroat. It's dog eat dog. And um, yeah. for me, you know what I mean. You're only as good as your last game. And that's what you that's what you're told. You know what I mean? So you can't take things for granted. If you've had a good game, you can't just rest on your laurels and think. No. Um. You know what I mean? I can I can I can have an I can have a have a have an easy one today because I've had a good game last week. It doesn't work like that, you know what I mean? Likewise, if you've had a bad game and you get an opportunity to play again, you've got to give it all all you've got because it's a, like you say, it's such a short career. Um, yeah. And you know what I mean. And and when you're having a bad year or a bad month or a, a long injury, you know what I mean. It can you can just it can it can just send you out all over football at times. And you know what I mean. The amount of times that you hear people who've just fell out all over football or they get disillusioned or they don't play anymore for whatever reason. There's some so many really good players who slip through the net because of that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But, you know, it is, it happens and there's nothing I can do about it. You know, I found out in the end and, you know, I pulled somebody on it, but it was a bit too late then, I think. What about then the second game, Claire? Because obviously uh, it didn't start great together. Um, I was, uh, I was, I was similar to, to you. I wasn't, I was only a young kid at the time, so I wasn't, uh, I was 17th man, so I didn't get on the bench. I was gutted. But by the yeah. time I got, uh, by the time I got to my seat, we were already getting beat. So, <laughs> you know, Malja. Was that the Leicester the second game? The Chelsea game. Oh, the FA Chelsea. Cup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I remember, I remember us going out, and we just went out in, we, you know, we were just going out in twos and threes, and rather than going out in a team. And I mean, you know, you can nitpick about stuff, but the, I think the bottom line is he, he the guy travelled too far. He went past Emo, yeah. I think, Iggy. Yeah, Demetrio. He went yeah. past two or three people too easy, and then he's all of a sudden. He's got a shot from distance, and when you shoot from that far out, I mean, the you know the keeper got blamed for it. But when you're that far out, the ball's coming down, it's going up, and it's so he's got to hit it so high. 
keepers usually don't get a chance from when you hit it that far. Yeah. And he just was under the bar. Yeah, well, Ben did an interview uh, about that goal and I, I read it a couple of weeks ago uh, and he said about starting positions and uh, and t- he said he's too far off the line, didn't expect him to shoot, you know what I mean? He he, he went too far. And, yeah, yeah, but you are. I think they are. Goalkeepers are told to do it. I've, I've done yeah. coaching at United and yeah. we were doing we were doing a session and the, goal, the goalkeeping coach has got the goalkeeper lined up with a left-hand post. And I'm saying, like, I'm going to shoot. You're making me shoot now. If I'm taking a free kick, I can see a full open goal. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pretend to cross it, but I'm going to shoot for the right-hand post. And he was like, mm, he wouldn't have it. And then when I did it, the goalkeeper was nowhere near. I didn't score, but if I'd have had it just inside the post, he'd have scored because he never moved. Yeah, yeah. He was too far over. But it, um, his position, I don't think, you know, he was, he was in line with it. But I think because it was coming in high, you know, we, should, we needed to stop him getting the shot off. Yeah, straight away. I, I totally agree. Um, do you think, um, obviously, that Chelsea game, do you think, it, do you think that the result and what happened the week before at Leeds with the relegation, do you think that had, a, had an impact? You know what I mean? Because obviously, it, it doesn't help Did you get relegated. But obviously, there was a bigger picture that season, wasn't yeah, there? You know what I mean? Mad, I, I, obviously, obviously get, they got relegated through um, being deducted points at Blackburn Rovers. So... You know what game. I mean? Yeah, well, um, you know what I mean? We've, we've mentioned it on this show, you know what I mean? Because people have asked me the question and I spoke about, um, you know what I mean, that, that things, obviously, Keith Lamb, who's not at the football club anymore, you know what I mean? Had a big, massive part of the play in, in, in the, in the divide yeah, of that mistake. season and what things, that bigger picture big involved. It was a, it was a, it, it was, was a big the, mistake saying we couldn't get docked points. It was, the biggest, it was the biggest mistake that football clubs ever made because, you know what I mean? I've, I've, I've spoke the gaffer, same as you have, and, yeah. Um, apparently, Roberto Carlos, you know what I mean, etc. All these kind of players, which were which were rumored to be coming in, would have only been unbelievable for the football club. And where that club might have been, have gone on the journey, um, yeah. could have been frightening, really. You know, but relegation no, no, obviously sc- scuppered that. So when you got when you got Brian Robson at the helm as well, I mean that's why yeah, we got those players in. I mean, Ravinelli came to he's come to Middlesbrough. He just won the Champions League. I know, but that was we we had the same conversation um, with Stewie Downing last week. Um, that I remember, I remember training at the prison, and um, yeah. and uh, I remember watching the Champions League game. Because Juventus, well, Juventus won 1-0, I'm sure he scored, and, and he's, he's just stood there. And I remember talking to Mark Sunbell saying, I've just seen Ravinelli, and one of the lads said, I'm sure it was Stevie Vickers said, uh, don't be so stupid, why would Ravinelli come here? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, you, You're right, though, because why would he come to Middlesbrough, you know what I mean? Uh, Middlesbrough's voted the second worst place to live in the country, and all of a sudden he's better than Middlesbrough. Could have been the... Could have been right. first worst back then. Could have been. Could have been yeah, I, I was really worried. I was really worried when somebody said, "When if you get a house, make sure you got a garage for your car." I said, "Why?" He says, "Acid rain." Acid rain. Acid said, rain. I'm going to be. I'm going to be playing football in it every day. Hey, hardened you. Um, giving you a tan clear. That's what it's giving you. I already so, had this. Yeah. <laughs> So Mark uh, Sherwood was asking, uh, having played for Robbo at United and he was captain, and then obviously you went to play for him when he was manager at Borough. Uh, what was that like? You know, what was the difference? Was it difficult to go from teammate to gaffer, or was it a natural progression because of the kind of guy he was? Good question. Well, I, think it, I think it was harder for the for Robbo to be honest because he was still playing. Mm. Um, but I mean, obviously he could still play, and it was. It was great for Middlesbrough. We, we, we've now got the captain of England, Man United, coming and playing. You know, he's getting wow. on, but the boy can run. He can yeah. run all day, Robbo. Mm. You know, he's running the fit. We used to make, we used to have great, you know, some great laughs at Sir Alex's team talks because he'd be like, right, he, 
get at the right back. The right back's 33. And we're like that. We all look at Robbo, who's 35. You know, and they're like, he's trying to have a go at the 33-year-old, saying he's too old. <laughs> and we're all laughing and going, what about... <laughs> and Because for me, it doesn't make... I've watched Linford Christie won the gold medal at 38. That's a load of rubbish. But I, it was... For me, it was fine, because I got on. I've been... I think towards the end, I'd been with Robbo for 16 years. I think, I, 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 I think everyone yeah. respected him though, Clayton, so much as a, as, a, as a player from what he achieved that I think when he took over as manager, I think especially uh, being a young lad and, being, and, and watching, and I, and I know that from talking to Steve Vickers and, um, and, Curtis, and Curtis and, and Higgy and people, that, that we were in so, so much of, a, of an awe about, that, about the man that it was just, how could you not but respect him for what he's achieved in the game? England captain, um, won Premier League, won FA Cups. How can you not respect somebody and want to play for somebody like that? Because if somebody like that comes to your football club, it's you know it's going places because Steve Gibson wasn't stupid. Steve knew exactly what he wanted to do and what he wanted to achieve. Yeah. To, bring in, to bring in the manager was just of that calibre was just uh, an unbelievable thing because it just coincided with a new ground, um, new training ground. You know, what I mean, everything was 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 getting put in place behind the scenes, but you needed somebody to front it, and yeah. you couldn't. For me, you couldn't have picked anybody better than him to front it. No, you're right. I mean, I think it was, a, it was very sad that I think because he, he wanted the club to do so well, he, he's gone out and brought he brought somebody in, didn't he? And I, I thought that was a mistake. He brought Terry in. Terry, yeah, yeah, he, he, brought, brought Terry, he brought Terry in. Terry yeah. Venables in. It's, you know, it undermines him a bit then. But he's, yeah, you know, that. he's just, it's just another, another head and another voice. It's just mm. another opinion. That's all that is. Yeah. I mean, people mm. get carried away with because he brought somebody else in. They think, oh, well, he can't handle it now. Mm. I mean, it, it, just, it, it coincided, Kurt. It, co it coincided, Kurt, with where we we did really well. You know, what I mean, when, when, yeah. I remember when Terry came yeah. in, we beat we beat Arsenal away, and we and we kept clean sheets against. I think we, I think I think we drew United, and you know what I mean. But that, that, who knows that? Who knows if that would have happened anyway? So you, you know what I mean. I think people were just putting two and two together and coming up with five, and and, and thinking that yeah. he'd, he'd lost his desire, he'd lost his his, his, his magic, and. That was just further from the truth, and and then and then the day that he resigned was just oh, it was awful. It was heartbreaking for me, and it was just, that was the end for me really there at that club. I was just that was me done more or less. So it was it was yeah. it was uh, it was like I'd lost a lost part of me when when, when the manager was yeah. Yeah, it was yeah it was horrible. Yeah, I lost it a year before that, yeah. <laughs> or two years before. No, no, I mean it. I mean we, we had some good times, and you know I think the club's probably when Robbo was in charge, they, they probably went through his best periods of all time. Yeah. I would have thought, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Well, I know that. I know that. Obviously, they've had success under Steve McLaren, and you know, I mean, they've yeah. been back, being back in the Premier League. But I mean, for a sustained period, you know, I mean, from the transition from Essen Park to the Riverside, and um, and to bring in the kind of footballers who will never, they'll never grace that pitch again. I, I don't believe, you know, yeah. I mean, because there's too much money involved in football now. Um, I think you, you, know know I mean? you, so, you know, you know what you said with the that season where you know, we, obviously the the Blackburn with the three points, but we went we went to the cup finals and all that. And the two hours we were playing extra times, and mm. the games were racking up. And I remember, I remember in that Leeds game, Leeds hadn't left a goal in since Christmas, and it was one-one, and I was dead in my legs. We needed a goal to to stay up, pretty much. And I, I was like that. I even, I went like that. Get me off because I can't do anything else. Yeah. My legs were so tired because of what we've done, and I'd recognised that. I knew I couldn't do anything. And I yeah. remember I ball going up to Becky. And he should have turned on it because he was he was clean through and he didn't know. The ball's gone up, up to Mikel Beck and he should have turned and run at goal. He was on the edge of the box, but he, he, he came away from it. He didn't know what was behind him. 
He didn't realise he was clean through. Heartbreaking. And it, and it, and it coincided because I, I, uh, I spoke to Brian Dean because Brian Dean scored the goal for Leeds that day as well. It was just, uh, you know, I mean, no oh, Brian really well. And you know what I mean? I, I've yeah, never no, forgiven I him. I don't, like, I don't like him anymore. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but again, we scored a goal against him. And like Janino, he, he looked shot as well. Yeah, he did. Two, yeah. I'm in the final as well. You know, there's, yeah. he's playing two hours of football and he's a fit guy, but. You know, we we relied on him a lot to make things happen for us. Mentally tiring, physically tiring. It just caught up on everybody. I think before 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 probably the week before that game was really for me, and that was that probably two weeks after. And we probably should have yeah. been safe. We it could have rested everybody for that game. And no. doesn't that when you're at Old Trafford, you three one up, and then Ravanelli goes off no. to get himself fit for the cup final. Exactly, and then they come back and come back and draw three all. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah. not great. Yeah, not great. But that's the difference. You stay, you stay on. You win the game and. Well, that's your big players. Well, your big players. You just you've just said it there, Claire, about uh, about reliance on players. You know what I mean? That yeah. You know, but players also need to realise that. You know what I mean? Because if, if you know yourself, if you're if you're fronting a as a centre forward and you're a big player like 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 Fabrizio Walls, you yeah. know what I mean? You, you've got it. You've got to see the game out. You know what I mean? Unless yeah. unless you're crawling off the pitch, you know what I mean? You see the game out. Forget about what's yeah. happening next week or the week after. This oh, is the right. most important game because if we win that game, you're safe. The other games yeah. are irrelevant because you could have yeah. got you could have got a week off next week. It just would have been. You know what I mean? It's, I know you did, yeah, but no, he was he was wrong. He should have stayed on. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But, so, I um, mean, it was rather on it. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a few more, uh, few more questions. Uh, James Costley would like to know uh, which football team do you most dislike? <laughs> Is that a trick question? Wow, <laughs> uh, they're playing red. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> miles away. Uh, Sai, is that yours as well? No comment. I'm, com- I'm completely impartial. No, I am. Um, I gotta say, I actually like Klopp. I think he's a good manager. He is an exceptional manager. I say oh. through gr- gritted teeth. He's but, better at Dortmund, better at Dortmund though, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's all, yeah, he in, at Dortmund. He was incredible. Yeah, yeah he, he <laughs> Dortmund, best manager in Europe at Dortmund. Um, uh, no, in answer to your question, and yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of Liverpool, Leeds. And Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Swansea. Swansea as well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> you got a long list, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, no, it's those three. They really... Why, what does Swansea do? What do they beat us in? No, they Swansea are just... <laughs> the, the, they're everything which Cardiff are not, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get okay. loads, loads of abuse now on the, uh, these chats here. I will, yeah. I will uh, so, uh, also, Gaz wants to know: uh, Do you think the PFA do enough to support retiring players? That's a good question. No, Ooh, I wouldn't think I the PFA do much at all. I don't. I don't think they do. I don't, I don't think. I don't think there's enough um, education on the transition for players to retire or going out of the game. Because I won't say retire because some people aren't fortunate enough to. Yeah. Um, have a have a career enough to to say retire because if you don't play uh, enough games, it's not retirement. It's just it's just going out of the game, and I I don't think you can educate or I, there's enough education to get players ready for it. You know, I remember when I when I came out of the game and I was lost for uh, six, nine, twelve months, and I went to the PFA because I was desperate about a situation. I didn't know where where I was going, where my life was going to go, and luckily enough, the put the pointed me in the right direction. But I saw and seek that help and. You know what I mean? If that was if that was yeah. came to me a, a, year, a year earlier, I would have been in such a better position because I'd wasted a year of my life. I was um, I was mentally, physically drained from just what was going on. So it was uh, yeah, it was a bit of a mess really. But uh, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd like to think that there's that there's people now set up in and around clubs to help them. Um, 
Well, I think there are, aren't there? They're supposed to be uh, a, a PFA member at every club. Supposed to be, but so, if you get released, if you get released, or clear, if, what happens if that? What happens if that's the person who gets released? It just doesn't. Yeah, doesn't make, somebody doesn't, has to take over. The PFA should be into the club yeah. then to get somebody mm. else to do that job. Mm. Yeah. On um, one of my on one of the mental health in sports series, I had um, a sports psychologist uh, lady on, and her name has completely slipped me, so I apologise for to her immensely. Um, but she said, uh, not just the PFA and the FA, etc. They don't do enough to support retiring players, but particularly the 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 really young players, not even even necessarily players who get dropped, you know, drop out of the game in their early twenties, maybe. But the ones who go are in the academy system from like under sevens all the way up to under sixteen, seventeens, and then when the first when the you know the professional contracts come about, they don't get them, um, and then they completely drop out of football. But not just that; it, it kind of it sets them back in their life for it can be years afterwards because since they were seven years old, they've played academy football. They've thought, I'm going to be a professional footballer. That's what I'm going to do. That's all I need to do. I'm just going to be football, football, football. And then suddenly they they don't get that professional contract. Their mental health suffers. And they they don't, they don't got they haven't perhaps got the education that they would like or qualifications to go and do something else. Um, I guess I'm asking, do you think, whether it's the PFA or the FA or who, whichever governing body or body could do more to support those kids yeah well obviously they you know there's a lot of people working for them i mean like you say after when people finish i mean you know there's a lot of people who've had massive problems and the pfa are there but they people don't go to them the pfa need to see it it's not even people like gaza gaza he's such a big character for me they needed to get all of him ages ago and they, but that's he's well known right throughout the world. Yeah. And you're talking about people that nobody knows about. So there's definitely not going to be enough around to look after them. So I they, think they also, I think, uh, I, I think, Go on. I think players, I, I think uh, clubs have a duty of care. Claire, yeah, I was going to say, Claire, the club has a duty of care. You've got, you've got, a, you've got a boy who's a seven year old, he signs for United, say, for example, and he gets dropped at 16, 17. You know what I mean? So, I've known kids at Leeds, Middlesbrough, who, who who go two days a week out of school and and, and go into the clubs and do uh, yeah. do training, a little bit of education. You know what I mean? So so then if they don't make it, you know what I mean? The the, the clubs have that duty of care to make sure that they've they've smashed their GCCs and give themselves a an opportunity to fall back on something because yeah, if you don't if you don't um, if you don't have anything to fall back on you in life, you're screwed, aren't you? So you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, yeah. No, but I think. I think on, I mean, it, in football, it's a hard one because because we I've seen players in the academy, and there was one I've, I remember, and I thought he's not he's not really good enough. And two years later, he was still at the club at sixteen. And we could have probably told him at fourteen that we don't. Yeah. I, you know, you need all, what they needed to do was tell his parents that he needs to really start cracking down on something else because unless he mm. changes, because you can change. You know, you mm-hmm. could be having a bad time in football and all of a sudden spike. I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it happen with players who you think's not going to make it. And then, you know, he's done it. He's not really made it the first team, but he's become a footballer. Or he, or he, or, or he could have gone, gone 14 to another club, a lesser club. And yeah. maybe, he's, maybe he's played League 2 football, League yeah. 1 football at a 17, 18-year-old age and progressed through or non-league football like an Ian Wright. Yeah. I know, you know United I mean? used and... to do that. United used to... 
when a player was coming to the end, they would tout his name around all the other clubs. Yeah. And everybody's interested because he's coming from Manchester United. Yeah. Well, I think that was that was going to be my next point. That I think that, that that was a good thing about, and and I knew a lot of lads who, uh, who 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 left Man United at a young age, and and they all fell into a into a good yeah. club. They all had another opportunity before you know what I mean, be, better than yeah. anybody else because yeah. You're not dropping too you far down, down the ladder. On your shoulder. Yeah, straight away, and it's it's you know what I mean. It's a, it's a big it's a big selling point, isn't it? Big selling point yeah. for a footballer. It is because you know if he's been there for that long, they think, oh, you know, he must have he something. Must have something, yeah. Yeah. So Deeks there says um, he thinks that education should be equally as important during uh, development years at any any club, and I know um, at Cardiff they put a lot of focus on. Uh, the education side of it. So once you get into the the full academy, if you're not pulling your weight in height, like in high school, I'm talking, if you're not uh, pulling your weight and you know behaving and doing the work and putting the effort in in school, they will, you know, at extreme sort of exactly. situations, they will take yeah, the football yeah. away to make sure you do the education, which you know is, that of course should be the way. Um, and also, uh, Alan there says he's seen uh, a friend of his. His child has been through it at Cardiff. Luckily, he ended up at Newport as a as a pro. But it, you know, I think there is a duty of care that the clubs have got to take, as well as you know the PFA or the FA or whoever. Um, there's enough people within football to to help these kids along. And that's not to say that every kid needs someone. You know, when they do drop out of football, to constantly be in contact. But it's about preparing them for the possibility that they might not be a professional footballer. So they might have to go into a different avenue or a different career choice. And it's just preparing them mentally for it mm. and their parents uh, mentally for it. I mean, I've, I've got a big one with, the, you know, the Premier League. I think the Premier League brought the, the ruling where, you know, you have to play for a team within an hour of where yeah, you live. Yeah. Yes. So, right, it, here's my, my dig of this one. When I was 15... I played against Terry Gibson, who just played for Spurs in, his, in the first team. I'm still in school, and I'm playing at Old Trafford in the semi-final of a youth cup against Terry Gibson, who's just played for Spurs first team. Now, if I was growing up now, I would have to play for Swansea or Cardiff till I'm 16, and then I'd have a price on my head to go to Manchester United. Why? Compens yeah. comp compensation. Why, why kid, when, a, when a kid leaves school, why has he got price on his head? Yeah. I totally. I, to, I, I and the thing is, though, Clint, this, this is where it comes becomes awkward because you know what I mean. Because it's this word compensation. Because I've seen I've seen it happen to loads of young players. You know what I mean? Because it's not a transfer fee as well. So if you are signed at a Cardiff or Swansea, then they deserve they deserve a transfer fee as well, not compensation, yeah. so to speak. So it's you know what I mean. It's but then but then uh, I I say that before I mean, that, you, that you shouldn't be there. You should be playing for the team that you signed, you're United, I mean, whoever, etc. Up to sixteen before you leave school. When you're seventeen, you've left school. Then you know you, you can put anything you want, but when you're yeah, leaving, yeah. you walk out of school, as you know, and you're looking for your first job, you shouldn't have a price on your head. No, Wales, Wales lost. We had a lad called Carl Jones, fantastic player. He played left wing uh, for the Welsh schoolboys. He tore England apart. He was at Cardiff. I don't. You might even know him. You might have heard of him, little winger. And Sam, a man, wouldn't. I think he put two hundred grand on his head. He came back. Doesn't surprise me. He came back to Portheli or Portheli, where he lives, and he's still there now. I, I actually got him playing for Bangor City, and he was brilliant at sixteen. And I'm like, Wales lost a good, really good player there. 
Well, because Wales, because because of that, don't have a big uh, big pool to yeah. pick from, and they it's just no, the price. Can't isn't it? Lose players like that, but that's that's just one player. Wales, so England will be doing it as well. Yeah, well, the thing is, all clear. It's, it's happening all the time, order. and then and then also you've got you've also got that that some teams have found uh, probably not now because uh, I think the, I think the UEFA and FIFA have got a bit wise to it, but people were flying families over from Spain, from <laughs> oh, France, God, from Italy. Yeah. There's, post them, um, post them in, in 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 schools and in, in areas just to, just so they can play for the clubs where there's there's local talent in Manchester, for example, who who then get forgotten about because they they've they've had their place taken by somebody who's who's come from a different yeah. country and that's just such a such a cutthroat industry. You know, oh, there's yeah. a there was a boy who played alongside my son uh, in Cardiff system, uh, so it would have been two years ago. So he'd have been under eights, under nines, and um, his mum was Spanish. But they lived in Cardiff. They, he was born in Cardiff, and uh, he played. They've moved to Spain now. He plays for he plays for Barcelona. He's a very exceptional footballer. Like he could have played with under sixteens at that level at that age and been all right, apart from his size. But um, but you know, I they got around it. Like he should have been playing for Cardiff because he lived in Cardiff. He was from Cardiff, and with that hour rule, there's no way he should have been going anywhere else. But somehow. He's ended up. Their families moved out to Spain. You know, money talks. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Um, and at the end, that, this, all they have to do is get the parent a job, don't they? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Job, house, and suddenly it's sorted. Um, so I, I just want to get through some of these questions. Sorry, lads. Uh, Adam Frost asked there. He says, uh, Clayton, in your opinion, who is the greatest Welsh player of all time? Um, it'd have to be Ryan. Are you talking about the best player? Yeah, that, uh, and that's difficult. For me, the best player is Ryan. There's been think, nobody do, better than Ryan. Do you think he's better than Gareth Bale? Yeah. I'm, not say, I'm not saying he is. I'm just asking yeah. the question. Yes, yes, you yes. are. Yes. Oh, I'm not. I, yes, yes, you are. Like, yes, you look, are. Gareth Bale is a great player, but when you've got Ryan running at you, zigzagging, it's... Yeah, I think Giggs in his pomp Ryan, was unplayable, yeah, wasn't he? Was scary. Ryan was winning games by th- we were three 0 up after sixty minutes in Champions League games every week. Imagine the of two of them. Imagine the two of them, though. You know yeah. what I mean? On, on both, no, you no, know no. what I mean? And this is and this is clear to there about um, all time United teams. You know what I mean? Look at the yeah. look at the talent that Wales have had. You know what I mean? Over a, yeah. a course of time, especially my lifetime. You know what I mean? I, been lucky enough to see some games at the Millennium Stadium, being lucky enough to see some games on TV and, you know what I mean, some unbelievable players. If you could just bring them all together and same, same as England, you know what I mean, because England have massively underachieved um, yeah. forever in my, in my lifetime. So, yeah, if you could well, have they brought... need to start bringing that. They need to bring that rule in when you, you know, when in the academies, when you draw a game, you go to penalties. You might <laughs> yeah. win yeah. them. What's this pick on England day? Wow. I mean, for me, that's that's the only thing they've, you know, they've they failed because they don't take penalties. Yeah, well, I mean, we practice and practice. We were in a tournament under 18s when I was six, and we practiced and practiced because we knew if it if we drew, it would go to a penalty shootout. Not many people could take a penalty like you, though, Claire. Not many people could do that. Blindfolded. Yeah, you were unbelievable. Though. You were unbelievable. <laughs> I just remember your technique, though. It was just just scary. But then you look at United, though, like obviously. You could take penalties. Dennis Irwin, free kicks, penalties. Ryan Giggs, free kicks, penalties. You know what I mean? Mark Hughes could yeah. put his foot through it. The Brian McClares, the ah, oh, it was just inundated with even the gaffer. You know what I mean? Inundated yeah. with pure, just pure talent in 
in situations like that because um, you know what I mean. There's pressure involved in those kind of moments in football, and you know what I mean. And and you can't never replicate that. You can practice, practice, practice. Yeah. During during a a pressure situation, you gotta have the balls to get on with it and, and do what you do in training because you you need to replicate what you do. You know. So it's um, funny. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a skill. Something up there. Something happened, and I think we had a free kick the other week, like a few a few months ago now. United and Fred took it, and I'm like, I think Mata was it. Mata was right by him, and I'm like. And Fred took it, and what what came out was that he took some free kicks in training the day before, and he was very good. And I'm like, it's much different, you know, in training. Yeah. There's no pressure on you. No, no, you exactly. Gotta, all you're doing is exactly the same thing. I can yeah. tell when I watch somebody take a free kick. I know if they've practiced the day before. You can pretty much. But that's but that's doing it off your own stand on on standards, doing it. You know what I mean? Because I know how much you, in a short in a short space of time when we, when I played with you that I knew how much you practiced. You know what I mean? If that's before training, yeah. if that's after that's training, it. if that's during training, because yeah. the, the 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 skill of penalties, free kicks, corners, uh, drilling balls, passing, shooting techniques. You know what I mean? You, you can't just turn up on a Saturday or a Tuesday and just think oh, no. I'll do it today. You know what I mean? You've got to replicate, practice, practice, practice all of the time and. My advice to any young kid would be, you know what I mean, just to get on the training pitch early, do your practice, 10 balls, goalkeeping, kicking, whatever it may be. And I don't think you see that enough of, of, of players, you know what I mean? You've got the best players in the world, the Ronaldos, you know what I mean? You, 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 you read the stories, you, you know what I mean? You watch the documentaries and, and you just see the extra hours a day put in, in the on the training ground, in the gym. You know what I mean? It's just unbelievable. Yeah. No, you have. You've got to, you only get up. For me, I've always said to people, you only get out of football what you put into it. If you put a lot yeah. into it, you'll get a lot out of it. Yeah, dedication, yeah. Yeah, Spot on. Uh, So Richie says, uh, who would be your favourite football icon that you looked up to uh, before or during your career? Oof, that's a tough one on the spot, no? No, you won't like believe it. I like them ones, though. Good them you won't believe it. Um, when I was 10, I was watching the World Cup and uh, Scotland were playing. And they put a speed limit to somebody's shooting, 70 mile an hour. <laughs> so I followed him, and it was Peter Lorimer. Wow. Leeds not, United. Didn't, didn't expect that one. Leeds, Leeds, no. Leeds. Leeds, oh, Leeds, Leeds. Wow. Dirty, dirty so Leeds. I, support, I actually supported Leeds between 10 and 14. Oh, I bet you haven't yeah. said that. I bet you haven't said that in the language. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get booed out, you. They weren't a bad side. That's They had a really good side then. They had, they, they, you know what I mean? That, that I remember my dad, my dad telling me stories about, uh, you know what I mean, about, about the old Leeds teams and you're on about Norman Hunter and you're on about all these kind of players. And you know, yeah. it's just, and, and to be fair, even, even Gordon McQueen, when he, when he obviously came to the borough, you know what I mean? He tells his yeah, stories, and, you know what I mean? And laughs, laughs and jokes about that won FA Cups and won this and won that and played in World Cups. That You, know, you can't, you're laughing your joke, but you can't help but respect yeah. someone who's, who's been at that level because yeah. been there, been there, done it, wore the T-shirt. Uh, the, the funniest thing I've ever seen is Gordon McQueen running 30 yards past three or four people like a winger. The maddest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It was not making people. <laughs> can't imagine that. Can't imagine he's, that. He's, he's a funny, one of the funniest men in football. He's the, the only funniest, one, one of the funniest, funniest, funniest men in ever. He's the funniest man I've ever, I've ever met. We, we used to take corners and uh, Big Ron was saying, right, we'll do this corner. And, and Gordon would say, what about that one where you just cross it in and I head it into the top corner? 
Go on, quality. No, with that in the middle of a team talk. Yeah, that works. <laughs> but I think Gordon, Gordon was always good at that because Gordon was always good at, at taking the pressure off you that you'd be having a yeah. um, having a bit of a bad time and he'd he, he, you know what I mean he'd question something and then he'd go about oh I've scored in the World Cup or I've played in the World Cup and, and straight away everyone is just the whole change room was just got crease were laughing and then it just calm you down and you just forget where you were for that for that split second for that moment and it would just be able to go and enjoy your football take the pressure off you as a as a young player because that's what he was really good at and I think that's what that's the way that all three of them worked him, Bivin and the gaffer just seemed to yeah. work, work really well together uh, really so like. Derek Brazil uh, your former teammate asks uh, he says ask Clayton about the lovely Capri uh, he had when we were in digs together he took me out on it once Fast and Furious the original <laughs> Yeah, is he watching now, Buzz? Hi, Buzz. Yeah, yeah. Top man, he is. Top man. Yeah, he's been on. He's a yeah, top man. Good lad. Right. Um, there was a question. Oh yeah, uh, James Costley asked, "Is uh, do you think that Ollie is the right man for Manchester United?" Um, at the moment, at the moment, you know, he's doing all right. Um, for me, he's going to be judged on the next few signings. We need to bring in a couple more players. Um, I don't know why we've left Small in leave. Because for me, he's one of the. He's six foot five. He's quick, and that's all you need from your centre back. I don't need the world class. Somebody who's world class on the ball, it helps. But as long as he's there to defend, and you know he's improved. He's played for England. He's you know, and he he does okay. He's better than some of the ones we've got. I think his biggest problem is he made mistakes in some high profile games, um, and they just unfortunately that just magnifies those mistakes more so than if it had been against, I don't know, like a Bolton Wanderers or something and they'd won 4-1, it wouldn't have mattered. But he, I think it, like, it was a Man City game and, and a couple of others. And it's just unfortunate. But I agree with you, actually. I think he's quite a no, he's good. Uh, he's still, very good friend. He's for me, he's improved since he came to the club. Um, he was he was an amateur, played 12 games at... Yeah, Maidstone, uh, wasn't he? Fulham, yeah. Played 12 games of Fulham and then he was at United. And that same year, he was playing for England. Is this long-term then? Is this long-term? Is he, is, he, is he left for good at Roma or is he on loan? Oh, I don't know. Well, no, he I was, think he's on loan. It was the end of the season, wasn't it? It was till the end yeah. of the season. But we needed be, him back. I mean, for me, we needed him back earlier. Yeah, it'd be, interesting, it'd be interesting to know where, where the manager then sees his priorities then. Is he going to keep him? Does, is he in his plans? Is he, is he looking yeah, off roads? Exactly. Do you know? Well, so? well, I think we need to get Rid two or three centre backs. We've got way too many, and for me, that more a lot of them are not as good as good, you know, as good as they need to be. But um, for me, again, we need to get a top striker as well, a goal scorer. I'd yeah. love to see Lewandowski, but I don't know if that would happen. I think though, Claire, as well, though, with uh, with with the, with the players that United have had in the past, you're looking at the Mark Hughes, the Andy Coles, the Van Nistelrooy's, even the Ollies. Um, you know what I mean? That you can't. You just the Cristiano's, the Wayne Rooney's, Van Nistelrooy. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can't. Dwight York, the bad goal scorers in abundance forever. And you know what I mean? When you haven't got one, you realise how much you miss them. Then you know what I mean? And for me, for me, you're Rashford, be the best. Oh well, yeah, well Rashford is what well. I feel. Sorry for, I feel. I feel sorry for Rashford because if Rashford was playing up front with a Van Nistelrooy, you know what I mean? He, he would get so many yeah. more goals because he'd be playing. He'd up learn front. as well. Yeah, he, he, well, he, he'd he get more. To, he'd, get he'd, more he'd scraps. Yeah, and I think and I, if you become a better footballer, all-round footballer as well, which would benefit yeah. England as a country, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Playing for playing for because he's he playing more football. You know what I mean? He's, and he's he's such a top talent and a top player. But I do feel sorry for him sometimes when I when I see him up front and um, and he's playing against two monster centre halves and he's he's not playing his normal game and he's a little bit isolated at times. And you know he needs I mean? to be running at people. Yeah, and that's when he gets some of his joy. And he goes out wide and he gets more joy. But then he's he's, yeah. he's still got the same and problem. He's, he's still got he's still got Martial, Martial up front on his own, for example. And it's yeah. yeah it's but so I think both both Martial and Rashford play better if they're playing kind of just off someone where they can run in behind or run at players. Yeah, I think anybody would do. Yeah. But they don't get the chance, do they? Don't get the opportunity, do no, they? No. They never play them together and they never was, play them was, with anyone. I was gonna go, we were talking about Ebra earlier on and Ebra was up front in a game, 70 minutes, right? And we've not looked like scoring. And we put Marshall up front and I think Carrick's picked the ball up just outside the box, knocks it just over the halfway line to Ebra, he flicks it on, we go through and score. Within a minute, I'm putting two up front, we've scored because they're playing off each other. Yeah, yeah. I noticed um, this this year that in the Premier League generally, I've noticed more teams playing two strikers again. So I do wonder whether over the I next few years it'll come back because they seems to go in and out of fashion, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it's the foreigners. It is tactics. It's, 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 everyone's gone down that route, having that fourth four two three one and three three players behind the one and never got it's, that. It's, doesn't work for everybody. It's not. It's not for me. Four four two. Everyone knows a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you defend as a as, as a unit. As you, as you fall, you double up. You attack as a unit. Your fullbacks can bomb on. For me, I think sometimes you you forget the fundamentals of the game. And you know, I'm not saying I'm a I'm a I'm a coach. I'm a manager. But I think as a centre forward, I know that I've got someone to do the stuff I don't like. I know I'm going to get crosses. I know I'm going to get midfielders bombing on. So I'm I'm covered there three times before I before I need to do my own job. Yeah. No. Spot on. Four, two, three, one. Who brought that one up anyway? I, I think, I think Jose brought it up. Really. I was just about to say Mourinho. Yeah, Mourinho. the worst system ever. Yeah, Why would I you just, have to do shit in midfielders? Yeah, just it just doesn't... No, Barcelona, Barcelona do it, did it, don't they, when, uh, with Xavi yeah. and, um, and Iniesta. And with them, it's, be... it's the key ball sesh. That's all it was. Yeah. I, I think people, somebody's gone, looked at it and gone, all right, four, two. I mean, most of the games I've watched with Barcelona lately, they've been four, four, two. Yeah, but you want you on four three three. They've got Suarez, you've got um, Dembele, uh, Messi, Griezmann. You know what I mean? None, none of those players are playing midfield or behind. So you've got you know what I mean? You're inundated with with attacking talent and players. So just use yeah. it as a, as effectively as you can. Uh, Yusuf asks you, uh, Clayton. He said, uh, "How would you deal with social media if you were still playing now? Was it easier to be a footballer back then?" Um. I don't know. I'm not, it wouldn't bother me. Social media. I don't think it make any difference to me. What about you camera know, phones? Not... What about camera phones, Claire? Because they can. You know what I mean? I've heard like Rio Ferdinand complain about, and Wayne Rooney complained about. Um, yeah, I'm going back when they first came out that out for a meal with the missus and kids and stuff, and straight away yeah. somebody puts a someone puts a camera phone in your face and wants a yeah, photo while you're just chilling out, and you know what I mean. Yeah, and then straight away that photo's in on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. So yeah. and then the papers pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they'd, obviously that's a, that's a big problem if if you just want to go out for a meal and or even if you're out and uh, having a session. Yeah. But you know that that was always that's always a, a problem now. If they want to go out for a drink, there's a good chance they're going to get a picture taken of them. So, you know, it's not as fun for them now as it was for us. But it's exactly the same, though, isn't it? In, in the same thing, somebody can still be in the same pub as you are. You know, what I mean, the camera phone it's still word of mouth. Before in the, yeah, in the papers yeah, yeah. was. Um, 
was um you'd, you'd, use, the word, anyway. you'd, you'd use the word allegedly <laughs> instead of instead of having the picture so you'd still get yeah. you still get you still get shouted out on monday anyway so um so that was yusuf there yusuf a huge borough fan he goes to every single game up and down the country he's the biggest borough fan i know oh, he's massive he's huge he's a lovely fellow as well so top man yusuf absolutely legend of a man legend uh chris says uh if you had one uh bit of advice that you could give to a young player who was starting their career now what would it be work hard you know if you've got to you've got to listen to the coaches i'm not sure that all the coaches know what they're doing or what they're mm. saying but you know and the big thing for me is watch watch the best players mm. and try and copy them you're only trying to be that if you can't be as good as the players you're watching on the telly well you're probably not going to be a footballer but you've got to work and try and copy them, see what they're doing in a game and cop. I, I get really annoyed that I had a few run-ins with a few coaches when I was at United about the pass. We overpassed too short, too many short passes. And their biggest pride, I said, who's your favourite player? And they say, oh, Paul Scholes. He goes, oh, Scholes used to hit 50, 60-yard balls. Mm. Where did he learn to do that? Mm. Did he not do it in our academy? Yeah. You know, you've got to, do, you've got to learn where to play longer balls. Passing 10 yards, if you can't do that, you shouldn't be playing football. I totally agree. I don't think, I don't think it works in British football, I mean, the, in the mentality, the way that we play. And, uh, and I think we, we've, had that, we've had that direct style of play uh, probably yeah. um, printed on our foreheads for, for so many years. Yeah. Yes, now the foreigners are in. We, 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 do, we do that, but it's a mix-up for me. And I think you can yeah. pass short, 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 suck teams in. And then you can and then go, you go around, you know. And but it's that, it's 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 a it's not it's not a ball smash forward. It's a it's a you're trying to suck defenders yeah. out to then put the ball over the top. It's cultured play. It's just clever play. It's exactly. not, you know. what I mean, we just need and to. And I think it really worries, we need to mix it up a little bit more. It worries me that people play short, short, short all the time. It's like Arsenal. They started last year. They were playing out from the back, and they give a couple of stupid goals away. And you're thinking, wow, if I'm the manager, I'd be going mental. Yeah, there's a, there's a time and a place to play. If a team's got a full press, it's like it's like they're not taught. If somebody's closing you down, they've got three attacking, closing the defenders down. Don't try and play out. Because mm, all, all you're doing is giving them a chance to win the ball. And if they do win it, 90% they'll score. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree, and I think, and I think sometimes, you know, I mean, the more you play at the back and you overplay, and then the goalkeepers try and play. My biggest bugbear, especially yeah. in football, Premier League, is goalkeepers. You know what I mean? That's why they're in goal, isn't it? Because they can't play. <laughs> exactly. It was goalkeepers, especially when I grew up. You know, what I mean, normal things that they couldn't do is they couldn't pass <clears throat> and they couldn't run. You know what I mean? So that's why they're in goal. You know what I mean? It's normally that's a normal. That, that was yeah. that was normal. Now Even now they can way. now they can now they can pass, shoot, run. They can do everything now. It's just unfair. It's unfair. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit more pressure. To be fair, there's a lot of pressure on them as well because yeah. if you make a mistake, it's a goal. It's a goal them. straight away. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Clayton, I'm going to ask you this one. Uh, Craig has asked this a couple of times. I, I missed it and there's so many questions. Um, he says, um, in your time with Wales, uh, we were so close on many occasions oh, and I had some superstars up front like Rush and Hughes, Saunders, Giggs. He said, if you could have choose two current players to add to the, the side that you were in, which would they be and why do you think they would improve the current? Uh, the Bale and Ramsey. Bale and Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey is the best player, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, in yeah the Wales team. Ramsey, we struggle because he's an easy engine room. Yeah, you look at the Portugal game when uh, in the Euros where Bale was out yeah. and we struggled. Uh, sorry, Ramsey was out. 
all we needed that team we had. I mean, we got unlucky with some of the draws. We, I mean, we drew Holland and Germany in a group, man, to qualify. It's incredible, that, isn't it? It's ridiculous. It's Holland won the group, and Germany had to beat us in their last game to qualify best second place. And we were 1-0 up against them in Cologne. And we, we ended up, we should have scored in the last minute. We had an open goal, and I think Mark Hazelwood deaded it over the bar. Yeah. And he shouldn't even be there because it was dropping to Mark Hughes and Rushy. And then Germany are out. Germany go over there and they win it. They win the World Cup. So we've lost to the two best teams in the world. That's Who knows what we would have done if they got over there. No, but we've played them. We've had them a few times in groups. And it's, you know, I, like we, we'd beat Germany. And then we'd moved up, I think, a space to like 150th. I looked the other way. We beat Belgium a few years ago, and then all of a sudden we're in the top ten. <laughs> it's great. It's great now. It's yeah, great for it's... Wales. You know, if you're up there, you you get a better draw. But we never. We always got a hard draw. And I think in the old days as well, the pitches were bad. All the pitches are very, very good now, and teams play yeah. football everywhere. So yeah. we had about we had a nucleus of about nine or ten who played in the top league, and then the other ten. It was six. It was sixteen in the squad, but there'd be about another ten. They were playing in the lower leagues, and they would play on the Saturday. And they, you know, they're playing in mud up to their necks. The managers are probably telling them to get rid and boot it. And then it's a, a kick and rush, which is what I think everybody thinks British football used to be like, which it was in the lower leagues. But in the prem, mm. in the top league, it was always some. It was always good players, and they try to play football on bad pitches. But so, Claire, no, here's, a, here's a question for you then. So, if um... If your side, your well side, and this well side played against each other, what would happen? Probably two or three nil. <laughs> to us. <laughs> because you've just said that. You just said you just said something interesting for me there. You said about um, the nucleus of your team was um, was playing in the top level. You know what I mean? And I thought it was probably higher than than what you said about ten and ten ten to six there, for example. Because I see I see the current well side now. A lot of a lot of players either. Aren't playing regular in the yeah. top level, or they're playing lesser down League One yeah. Championship. And, well, again, we um, had that. You know what I mean? But a lot, of, a lot of your lads all were going into games, fit, flying, playing well, scoring goals, winning games, winning titles, yeah, winning yeah. competitions. Where now a lot of players who play international football—Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, even Republic of Ireland—to to probably a lesser degree—a lot of them aren't playing regular football. And yeah. to, go in, to go into an international arena. A top, a top international game qualifier, friendly, whatever World Cup tournament, um, and they're not playing regular football. It must be so hard to go and play at a top level, elite level, when you're not playing but, at your own club level. That was the problem for us. Well, we had a couple of injuries, or more, more likely being suspensions, because you got to remember in them days the, the the first division was a tougher league, yeah, and everybody's getting stuck in. Now you're playing European football. Mm. You show your studs and you get a yellow card. So yeah, yeah. you know we were getting suspensions left, right, and centre injuries and you don't get that now because the game's changed a lot more it's the same everywhere now so i think it's easier i actually think it's easier now to qualify i think is i think and i think as well with the rankings as well the way that they've that, that they've changed oh, yeah. and evolved as well i think it, it does give Definitely. does give teams a little bit more of a more of an edge and and with more teams qualifying, with the playoff system in place, you know what I mean. There wasn't there wasn't that in place when you played, so no. you know what I mean. There, there was more there's more things against you back then than it was. You know what I mean? Because if you was lot, I'd have I'd have I'd have achieved and got to a major final. You know what I mean? That England weren't England didn't have the strongest side. You know what I mean? Scotland didn't have strong side. Yeah. They were still they were still qualifying. 
Um, yeah. So, you know what I mean? It would have been, would have been nice to have us all there. Republic I remember the Republic, the Republic, because we, we, we went and played over there twice. We beat them twice in the Republic. And they, they got over the line one year. And we were like, that's what we need to do. They got over the line. And the next time they had a bet, they, obviously the rankings are much better for them then. And they kept qualifying for things then. And they had Kevin Sheedy as well. He should have been playing for us. He's Welsh. Is he? Is he? Yeah. Is he? I did yeah. not know that. Re- Re- yeah, Re- I would have. He would have helped. He would have helped. Yeah, he would have helped. He's got. Remember, he scored against England in. Did he score against England in the Euros? Scored against England in the Euros when we drew one all. Yeah. He was a good player, Kevin Sheedy. Very, very good player, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, even even better now as well, Sai. Yeah, he's quality, <laughs> mate. He's one of the best I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Best best Premier League player ever. <laughs> uh, uh, Craig followed up actually, and he said, "Who would Bale replace in the in that team that you played in? Uh, not, would it be not, Giggs, Rush, Saunders, Hughes? Oof. None of them. No, none of them. You'd have to play he'd left, probably, left he'd wing. On the right. He'd have to go on the right. Or we could put Ryan on the right and put him on the left. Um, I've got a question for you actually. Um, one of my favourite players when I was growing up was uh, was Kanchalskis. What was yeah, he like to play with? He was very, obviously, very fast, a great dribbler, but he, again, two-footed. Mm. I mean, the difference when you when you got somebody who can strike a ball with both feet, you can go, oh, this isn't Mason Greenwood's like that. Mm-hmm. Mason Greenwood's a slower version of him. Yeah. <laughs> Mason Greenwood looks a re- the real deal, man. Every yeah. time he comes on, he, he contributes well, and just looks sharp. I, I mentioned we don't, we don't practice enough co- uh, finishing. At United, when I was there, he's a natural. Mm. He was doing what he's doing now. He was doing when he was 12, 13, 14. But he's uh, he's obviously come through this year, Claire, and he's obviously a, a, a huge talent. Every time he seems to play, yeah. he seems to score. Um, you know what I mean? That he's 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 just seems to just to come alive in the box, but he's also scores all loads. types of goals, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, but he, yeah. he he obviously brings people in the game as well. And I it, think he's, he's earned that respect as well straight away by by doing what he does best and scoring goals. But that's what is Rashford there, is there, did as well. Is there, is, is there anybody else though? Because obviously people who who don't know United. Um, yeah. won't, won't know the kind of players that were coming through. Obviously, you watch them all the time. You you, you do a lot of work at, in the, at the stadium, Man United TV as well. So you'll know some names and things. What obviously others. Uh, on this show, and obviously the people who are listening and watching, obviously they won't know. So who's who's coming through? Who's the next best thing? Well, who I mean, you think's coming out of United? For me, Gomez is he is a for me he's a top player. He's one of the best around. Um, he's a middle midfielder, great ball player. He can pass the ball anywhere you want. Um, you know, I, he, it's hard for him because it's a really tough midfield to get into, and I don't I don't think he's they're going to give him the chance to get in there. And he'll go away and you know, he'll play well. He'll probably go to Portugal or somewhere, I don't know. But he is a fantastic player. Um, I think I've heard Jimmy Garner might be going out now on loan. He's close. And he's a Liverpool lad. Yeah, I've heard uh, good things about him. Good player. He, was a, he was a centre-back when I was a very good defender. But he could see he could play as well. He had more to his game than just you know stopping people. So he's, he's done really well as well. Yeah, I, I think... think- the- I was I'm just going like, to say, I was going to ask you about um, about Gomez. Obviously, he's had a couple of substitute appearances. He's had um, one or two starts in the cup competitions. Um, his contract's up in the summer. He's, if you believe the papers, he's asking for I think thirty, thirty-five grand a week, which is a lot for for a young player. But then, in the grand scheme of things, uh, in football and particularly you know at a club like Manchester United, 
35 grand a, a week isn't that much. I know it's a lot to everybody else, but in yeah. a football world and for Man United, it's not that much. Um, and when you consider that if he signs a five-year deal and goes on and progresses the way that everyone expects, he's going to be worth 50, 60 million to the club. Yeah. Do you think they should give him 30 grand a week or do you think they should let him go, risk it, and potentially probably sign him back like they did with Pogba for an obscene no, amount of money in years? I definitely give him it. It's not much for him, is it? No, it's not. I mean, it's thirty grand. I mean, he's on the edge of the team, so he's, you know, there'll be other people there earning a lot more than that, and they're not as good as him. There's a lot of players in the team who are not as good as him. I I don't think that's it's too much of a risk. I remember it was two years ago. I watched the uh, I watched the FA Cup, FA Youth Cup, sorry, semi final, and it was West Ham against Chelsea, and uh, Chelsea had a certain um, Christensen played centre half. Um, and he was absolutely diabolical. I remember watching him in West Ham were, 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 were getting him behind him. He couldn't trap a ball. He couldn't control a ball. He was getting he was getting bullied left, right and centre. Uh, and then the commentator just spurted out that apparently he's, he's just signed a, a bump, a five-year deal, 60 grand a week. And everyone was up in arms on social media. And you know what I mean? And, but you've got to put things into a, in, into a bigger, bigger picture. In five years' yeah. time, this 17-year-old player is going to be 23, 24-year-olds. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 23, 24 year old, he could be earning in excess of 100, 200 grand a week, but he won't be because yeah. he's going to be on this 60 grand a week contract. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Chelsea and Man United on 30 grand a week, um, these uh, Gomez, it's going to probably save him more money in the long run because he's, th- these yeah. lads are tied to contracts and tied to big contracts. And, you yeah. know what I mean? Man United aren't daft. Man United are, are a business. You know what I mean? The chairmen and the owners aren't stupid. The manager's not stupid. That These kind of people, you know what I mean? They're not, they're not in it to waste money. They're in it to try and keep the best players instead of having to make the same mistake on Pogba and lose him on a free or a million pound and buy him back for under a million quid, which is just silly, silly business sense. Um, but, um, <laughs> it's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, Chris uh, Chris there asks, uh, what's your thoughts on Tahith Chong at Man United? Yeah, I think he's a great chance of... Uh, yeah, He's had his chances, but he's only... Played like the odd game, or he's come off the bench, and he's not had. A, he needs a run in the team. See, some people get a run. I remember Marcus; he get a few injuries, and then Marcus gets five, six. All of a sudden, he's he's played like yeah, two hundred games already. Mm. Marcus should be like on a hundred games now because you know when we used to have four top strikers, they he should have been in and out, in and out. But we rely on Marcus as he's one mm. of our top strikers, and you know it. You know, for me, it's, I don't know. It's for he needs a run in the team so he can build yeah. his confidence, and he can then take people. When you're a player that takes people on, you're a, he's a dribbler. You take people on. You need that confidence of doing it. You can't just do it once in a game and then, okay, he doesn't play for three or four weeks, and then go back in and try. You know, for me, I know he's got pace. When he was growing up, he always had an end product. I always look. Has somebody got a, an end product? Can they put a good cross in? And when he's playing in reserves, he makes goals all the time. He scores or he makes a goal. Yeah, it's, um, he's shown glimpses to Heath Chong, haven't he? Uh, I think, but you're right. Especially when you're that age, coming into the first team at any club, let alone one of the biggest clubs in the world, yeah. to expect them to do something in 10, 15 minutes here and there yeah. is very difficult. Whereas if you can get them three, four games, five games in a row of good, you know, a good hour or a good half hour, 
they're more likely to give you and show you what they can do. Um, I think the big the big problem he's got, you've got Marshall who plays well on the left. Yes. Marcus grew up a left winger, Marcus Rashford. He's good on the left. Now Daniel James is on the left as well. He's mm. a left. You know, it's that's your problem. He can be a top player. But again, for me, he's a top player. How good's uh, Daniel James, Clayton? Because obviously he's uh, he's he's, he's uh, up and coming. I didn't I didn't expect him to play as many games as he yeah, has. I didn't, I didn't. I'd never heard of him over a year ago, but he's been fantastic. Mm. And then you know, again, his his form's dipped. But like you say, he's played a lot more games probably than he thought he would. But again, we've we've played him out of position. Yeah, I watched him playing against City on the left, and that's for me. I think he's a left sider. And he crosses some. He puts good crosses in with his left, and he can cut in on his right. Whatever you know, he's he's got a bit of everything. But in the last probably month of the season, he he wasn't really performing as well as he was before. Yeah, yeah. He's got to find his mojo again and get back up there. But you said there about about young players needing needing a run of games. You know, I mean, he got that didn't he, in the start. You know, I mean, probably earlier than what he anticipated. More than I probably I thought he was going to get. You know that. Yeah. Uh, he scored obviously his first game against Chelsea, but I think it was. Um, and he and he hit the ground running and, and did really yeah. well. And but, but as a young player, he's always going to have that um, lulling performances. And it's, a manager's then's got to see that and bring him out and keep him out of the side for a little bit instead of putting too much pressure on. Uh, on a young player because if he you yeah. know what I mean you know what the football world's like especially at United that surely the pressure's ramped up on him if he's if he's underperforming yeah. week in week out and he's obviously going to go into a shell a little bit now when, when I watch him play I mean I, I'm thinking the players need to know is one you know Pogba's been out injured I think Pogba playing now with Daniel James playing out on the left making runs like a gigs yeah but I mean you know, with them, with Pogba back, he's looking in behind all the time. Yes, and that yeah. And that James to run in behind. Because James has got to use his pace. He's so fast. He's one of the fastest players I've ever seen. When oh, you yeah, see him yeah. live, he's like rapid. Yeah. And, you know, you if he's making a run, he's going to tear teams apart if we can get deliver the ball. And all we're missing now is a Scorsi. And, you know, Pogba's, that, that's Pogba's game. He plays balls in behind. Obviously, yeah. Bruno does it a bit as well. But Bruno does it further up the field. Pogba mm. can do it from further back. He does it deeper. There's our man. There's, there's yeah. our man out where I'm at. There you go, Daniel James. Yeah. <laughs> Be interesting to. Hey, that's the last time we won something when we had a Welshman in the team. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we've not been doing well without Gigsy. Uh, it will be interesting to see how they get on with um, if they get Pogba and Fernandez in the same side with yeah, like that, you yeah. know Rashford, Martial, Daniel James running in behind. They could. You could potentially see the sort of uh, combinations that you know you saw back in the Fergie's era. Uh, yeah. J- Jamie there asks, do you think Mason, Mason Greenwood would have got a, lo- a look in if they hadn't sold Lukaku? Yeah, for me, he had to play him alongside Lukaku. It's a good shot. Honestly, he's, a, he's a finisher. He will score more goals than anybody else in that team if you keep him playing. He will outscore Marcus, Marshall, all of them. He needs to be playing down the middle. We keep now and again. He keeps coming on the right, doesn't he? He's playing on the right a bit too much, but he cuts in. He's a clever player. He knows how to score goals. He's a goal scorer. Mm. He makes good runs as well in the box, which a lot of our players don't do that. 
I think that you've just said there, and we said we said it earlier on, no, Claire, about 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 somebody fronting it up and, that, and that, having that presence and, and a, a Lukaku or a Van der Sar, yeah. or you know what I mean, Ibrahimovic. It just just brings other people into the game, and it just I don't know, you know, I, one man up front for me, and especially if you're a young lad, it must be so disheartening for a. Yeah. That's really for, hard for Marcus because he's not for built. a runner. No, he's not that kind of player, is he? he doesn't he's like back to play. You know, yeah. he you giving the ball running at people, and it's you know it's a nightmare for defenders. You see him running at you. Yeah, <laughs> well, it must be. A, yeah, but if, you know, you know, you've got to nail him as well. If he's there, you let him turn on you. You've got a massive problem. Mm-hmm. But I think though, if you if you had a, if you had a target man though up front and he and he did all that work yeah. in and around the box with somebody else. It, you know what I mean? He's always got someone in the box to, to aim at. And well, he, he's he only got one half and... well, Exactly. Not exactly. two. Totally agree. Yeah, or three. Yeah. When, Dip- when, we had, when we had, when Rooney was still at the club, I remember we, went, we were down at Swansea and he just, he pulled away from one of the centre-backs. He was just about to get a shot in and the other centre-back gets him. And then you look, then you're looking at Vardy, they've got two up front. He's scoring yeah. goals of fun. And I remember one of the Leicester fans saying, well, the other centre-forward is not really scoring. I says, I know, but he is because he's occupying the other centre-back. So and you, and, not... Totally agree. And you asked, you asked Jamie Vardy, you know what I mean, who is, who his favourite partner, who his favourite strike partner is. It's someone who takes the pressure off him and who, who does the stuff that he doesn't like doing, who flicks yeah. balls on. Or, you know what I mean? The amount of goals he scored was flick-ons by certain players. You know what I mean? That's just the way, the way of the world. And that's cause you put him direct up front, You put him up front on his own, where he has to come off for the ball, he won't know what day it is. That's why it didn't work for England when he when he played up front on for England on his own. Didn't work. He wasn't that kind of player. He was holding things up. He wasn't running in behind. He didn't suit him. He didn't. He didn't really hit the world. Hit, well, hit the world alike for England, and that's why he, he soon found out that he, his level was was where it is because you know what I mean. I it's it's such a different game. Yeah, but I mean, when you say the level, I mean his game is running in behind. So why why put him in a team if you're going to have him coming off? He wouldn't well, uh, and I've always said that when, when he played for England, if he was playing in front of Harry Kane, it would have been a, probably a dream partnership yeah. because but he never did it. It was either one, one or the other. It was just no brainer for me, Harry Kane and the running yeah. machine. Yeah, yeah. never happened. Totally agree. Um, and I'm glad I'm Welsh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spot on. So, um, Clayton, I was going to ask you about um, your Welsh, Welsh debut versus uh, Norway. Ooh. Yeah. All the way back in '85. Um, I was going to ask you just really, uh, were you expecting it, or did it come out of the blue? And like, how did it come about, and how did it feel? I suppose. Um, well, I do. Mark was Mark was with me. Mark Hughes, obviously, we were on we were on tour playing Jamaica, and uh, we went to we were in Montego, and then I remember Mark flew home, and we stayed over there for a couple of days with Martin Edwards and all the staff and a few of the players. And then a day later, somebody must have got injured. And then a day or two later, Martin Edwards come up to me. He says, "When you get when we get back to Gatwick, oh no, sorry, when you get back to Heathrow, you've got to go to Gatwick to meet up with the Welsh team. They've dragged you into the Welsh team." Wow. So I didn't know until the last minute. It was at the end of the season as well. But I mean, I think we drew the second half when yeah. I came up. <laughs> <laughs> what about you first? What about your what about your one and only goal then, Claire? Because obviously I, I watched it yeah. today and I was That's the uh, best ever game, Matt. Was it against against the Pharaohs? I, some of the yeah. goals were just unbelievable. And well, obviously I'm not I'm not going to be disrespectful. What it doesn't mean to come across disrespectful. I know the kind of technique quality that you had on the ball and things that that. And <laughs> sides are the same. When I when I said you'd only scored one goal, I was 
gobsmacked really because you took free kicks, you took penalties in your career. You know what I mean? That how come you then you didn't score more goals than just the one? Did you not hear me earlier on when we said we played Holland? We played. <laughs> I never got over the halfway line. Hey, it's you're good enough. Only, you're Ian good Rush. enough. You're good enough. Ian, tell you, yeah. Ian Rush, Mark Hughes, the only ones we got in the other half. Uh, apart from uh, well, Giggsy set you up for your for your goal. To be fair, he, yeah, yeah, he did. you know what I mean. You you, you bombed on. He, he 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 cut it in the box. It was a great finish near post. And you yeah. know what I mean. Obviously, yeah, you know what I mean. To to play for your club is great. To score just must be just another another level. Well, it, that was that was a massive bonus. But in the game, I, for the first time, I played sweeper, and they just dropped off. I mean, the Arms Park's massive as well, a pitch. So I've got the ball now, pretty much all the game, and I'm playing balls in behind. For Rushy and Dino, they're making runs in behind, and it was it was it was a ball, just putting balls in behind. I was on the ball most of the game. Quality. And we got so, the four now. The team went to four to, uh, to, uh, to round things up, then clear about your career. For, for me, I think it's been an unbelievable, successful career. You know what I mean? You played at the top level, played with some unbelievable players, won trophies. You know what I mean? You won the cup in the cup in the cup of United. But what was what if you had, if you could only pick one cup highlight from your football career? What would it be? Cupman's Cup. Cupman's Cup. It's always the best thing. I mean, the, I mean, winning the Premier League was great. You know, we we were under the scrutiny all the time for years and years and years about, you know, we haven't won the league for 26 years or 24 yeah. years, 25 years, 26 years. And, you know, it was great to get that done. But the Yule build up to the, you know, we were, because of Liverpool got us out of Europe, we haven't been in Europe for five years. And we British teams dominated Europe. They hate British teams because we yeah. work so hard. We play four four two and we work so hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair though, the way and the, and the team what Barcelona had as well. You know, what I mean, Bacero played in midfield. Ronald Koeman. You know, what I mean, they yeah. had some world. They had some world class players. You know what I mean? And yeah, you know I mean, the, the game, the, the the two goals by Mark Hughes, the, the second one yeah. especially when he took the ball on the goalkeeper, and you know, what I mean, he, did he did he have to hit it that hard? Could he just uh, just yeah. tapped it in? Put no, it in? no, it was it was a guy getting back, wasn't it? He was just getting back to the line. He had to hit it that hard. But the thing was, because just... he, was, he was running away from goal, what it is, if you, if you ever see him, we knew, we knew he had big thighs. Yeah, yeah. The, the top of his thigh, there's a massive muscle. I don't know what, I'm trying to find mine. And I, mine, <laughs> mine's into one. He's got like an extra muscle there. And I'm just, you, you just can't hit the ball that hard from running away from goal. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's only him who could have done it. Or maybe no, Ronnie. Special Ronnie no, he was. It was a fantastic finish from his back. But you know, he was that. He, he. I think he, he wanted that badly because they didn't treat him that well when he was over in Barcelona. Yeah, he didn't give him player. much of a chance. Fair play. So, if uh, if you could do your football career again, Clay, and uh, and you were starting over again, sixteen year old, mm. would you do anything different than what you what you did in your football career? Um. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have drunk as much. I wouldn't have joined in with everybody drinking. Because every, everybody was doing it. Yeah, well, I, well, it, I know. Well, I know, been, yeah. When you look back, you'd have been fitter. Yeah, you would have been, been, yeah. Fitter, I'd have been quicker. Uh, I'd have got on a rack and tried to stretch myself so I'm a couple of inches taller. That would have made me a little bit quicker as well. I, I enjoyed everything. I, you know, United was great. Um, it was really difficult at times. I've gone through every emotion at United, I think. Yeah. Before and after, when Sir Alex came through, but uh, you know it's all about winning things, and we—I was lucky enough to win things at United, and then obviously, you know, we went to Middlesbrough. We we won the league there the first year. The the, the league we were trying to win for twenty six years, 
I actually won it the first time I went to Middlesbrough. <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is, I think, I think it's all, and I, I, I just, I, you know what I mean? It was the, the revolution, you know what I mean? You, you've been, for me, you've been involved in two massive re- revolutions. The United one when Fergie took over yeah, um, and you, it evolved the club. And obviously when you left United, the, they'd already won the Premier League and how many the one after. Um, and then you went to Middlesbrough and the revolution started again. So, you know what I mean? You must be proud of, of the kind yeah. of things that yeah, followed, you, followed you around, really. Yeah, I think that was the big thing. Going to Middlesbrough, you wanted to, you know, you've been at a top club with top players. You wanted to show that you can win. Uh, no disrespect to the club. Obviously, we're not as big as United. You know, Middlesbrough's not as big as United and you haven't got the the money to bring in as many top players, but in the end, we did. <laughs> but, you know, it was good to win things at a club not as big as United. Yeah. No, I totally agree, and I think, uh, and I think that, uh, and for me, that 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 put middle, it put Middlesbrough on the map. You know what I mean? As a as a huge Middlesbrough fan, before yeah. before I before I got got lucky enough to play for my home side, but you know, it just put Middlesbrough on the map, and they never really looked back. Really, you know what I mean? They've got they've got themselves a new stadium, and it's now a proper football club. Where you know, what I mean, when you first joined and you were training at Tollsby Road or the beach or the prison or the park or you know what I mean? It must have been a a massive come down from training at the cliff, for example, the training where you were, where you were training from, from Middlesbrough. The, fun, the funniest thing is that training at the prison, the prison, and I'm doing, I'm doing the, I'm quite a good runner. I'm not that super fast, but I, I'm a good timer. And so we're doing, I just remember we're doing the same, same train as we did at United. So we're doing these 600 metres and all that. It's supposed to be 600 yards. And I'm getting around and the guy's going, you should be in now. I think John Pick was saying, you should be right. I'm like, 500 yards away where I should be. <laughs> and what they'd done, they'd marked it out. Well, they'd marked it in metres rather than yards. So we're well, uh, in metres instead of yards. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, Gordon McQueen, so we did, um, it was on Essen Park when, when, when obviously he moved and we kept Essen Park as a training ground. So Gordon McQueen had, um, it set out a bleep test for the reserves. You know what I mean? I think the first team yeah, had, yeah, had a yeah. game on the night. So we, we, the ones who weren't playing, so we did a bleep test. And instead of doing it 20 metre bleep test, we did a 20, <laughs> 20 yard bleep test. So Gordon went, in, Gordon went in to go to the toilet. By the time he came on, we'd all finished the bleep test, completed the whole thing. And he, he just didn't get it. He just didn't understand why. And it was just, yeah, it was just one of those moments. But we didn't tell him, like, he just kept it quiet. So oh, yeah. if you just get to find out, then you just thought we were all just super fit and super just uh, athletic. <laughs> Um, so Clayton I know um, you've stayed a lot longer than um, than originally planned I appreciate that immensely and I'm sure all the people who've been firing questions throughout uh, I know I was going to say starting to lose you pay electricity bill (laughs) (laughs) no we uh, (laughs) appreciate it massively honestly Um, it's a big thing for me personally anyway just to have a chat with you and stuff and uh, I know everyone else is watching. Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. Um, you are absolutely welcome back anytime. And if you want yeah. to do any, I do um, a load of other different podcasts and uh, love to get you on for any of those. So just, uh, yeah, whenever you, uh, if you fancy it, fancy burning an hour, then uh, you're always, well, always welcome. Always welcome. It's been a joy. Cheers, Claire. You stay safe, mate. Love to family. Take care. Top man. Top man. Cheers. Yeah, bye, mate. Cheers, bud. Uh, great. Just, uh, cool, yeah. Clayton Blackmore. What a legend. He will. Uh, he yeah. will. i got to say, um, people seem to really uh, be enjoying it. They um, just love it. Yeah, it's cracking. Clayton Blackmore. All I will say is... Um, 
All I will say is the next couple of weeks could be special. And that's could all I will huge. say. Could, could be, be huge. Could be, could be huge. Could be very, very special. So uh, keep an eye on the socials and uh, we'll see what, what occurs. But uh, got a few things in the pipeline, my friend. Um, so just to, uh, just to finish off with uh, you and myself, we're just going to talk about the, the any other business of the week, really. Just the, the stories which have taken your, taken your eye, mate. Yeah, well, obviously, I don't. I don't think we can start anywhere except the German uh, Bundesliga. Obviously, that started on um, Saturday. I trekked myself to um, the Borussia Dortmund game, which um, was really excited before it started. So I'll be honest, I was looking forward to the game. I, I seen the teams. I seen uh, everyone built built the game up to be to be to be something special. And the game started, and and I was just I was just so let down. I don't know what I expected. You know what I mean? I've had a a couple of interesting conversations on Twitter and social media about um, what did they expect, and 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 it was going to be no better than 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 what everyone said it was. But I just thought it was just going to be something else. I know it was going to be no one in there, no fans there, and, and but I, I just don't know. I just thought they could have had maybe some um, uh, crowd noise over the speakers. Um, I just think I don't know. I don't know. How we could have been better. But then the, the biggest problem I had side with the whole thing is is we're all social distancing, but but there's people touch tight on a corner. But then all the subs have all got masks on and they're all sat two metres away from each other. But then all of a sudden, when the manager decides, Jaden Sancho, for example, comes on a sub, he takes his mask off and he's then touched tight to a player. So I, I, I didn't get some parts of it. I, I fully got the others. Um, and I was I was delighted that, that football was back. I was just I was just a little bit confused and a little bit disillusioned at times. And, and, I, and I don't know if I liked it. Uh, I, I did like the fact, I had a conversation with my dad um, about um, yesterday, about just about football in general, and um, and the Premier League coming back and um, and playing at neutral grounds. I don't know if that's been agreed in the Premier League, but I see a problem with playing at neutral grounds. If if I'm watching a game of football, Manchester City against Man United, and it's played at um, um, <laughs> and it's <laughs> cheeky, 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 that isn't it? Cheeky. <laughs> I had to read that, and if it's uh, if it's played if it's played at a smaller stadium, I just don't think it'll look as good. It, it, there was something about playing at its normal ground and, and playing in in front of the the yellow seats and the yellow stadium at Dortmund. And I was yeah, yeah, I'm just hoping the Premier League learns from the good things, but then also learns from the things that didn't work as well, and and just so it can be a little bit a little bit better. That's if you just go just go ahead by the way, because the the things I'm listening listening to and the players are are talking. There's more players now coming out wow. saying. That, they don't want to play. So the thing which had maybe kind of pricked my interest a bit over the last couple of days has been that you don't really hear much from players saying, and you know, just generally they won't speak out against their club. They won't speak out against the FA, etc., for fear of being charged or whatever. Generally, like normally, um, they've all kept quiet throughout the whole lockdown, and now as it's beginning to gather pace that the Premier League or they're going to do this and that. And you're seeing players just on social media or radio. I heard a couple on Talk Sport mm. and they they don't seem happy with it, mate. And I, no? I don't blame them. i got to be honest. I really don't blame them. Um, the thing about the, the, the German League, like, I just find it ridiculous because you've got what was the point in having those masks? And what was the point in social distancing on the bench 
And then when they one of them scored in one of the games, they kissed the other guy. And it was like, well, what was the point in social distance? Yeah. Well, 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 one thing, one thing I don't get, and 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 and, 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 and please, if somebody's if somebody can can comment and tell me if I'm if I'm massively off the mark here, that um, when somebody scored, and I'm sure it was uh, Harlan scored, and instead of high fiving, they do the old elbow, but elbow to hand. My, my my elbow can still have germs on it. Yeah. My, el- my my elbow can still have germs. If you're touching my elbow, surely you're still touching germs. So surely you're best off not touching each other. Surely, I just I just I just don't get it. If they don't if they didn't if they didn't touch each other and, and, and stayed away, I could probably totally get it. But it's do you know what I mean? But football's a game of passion. Football's a game of desire. And when you score a goal, luckily enough for for Dortmund, they were four 0 up. A five and look, whatever the score was. If they had scored the winner in the last minute, you can't tell me out of pure, pure desire, enjoyment, passion that somebody's not going to just grab hold of somebody and just, you know what I mean? It's just, it's going to happen because you're going to forget about it. But then what uh, moves me, moves me on to my next point, side the, 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 the whole, the whole thing. So, we, right, someone will probably um, make, sure, make sure I'm right here. So the Premier League's still going ahead, apparently. Championship's still going ahead, apparently. League One's still going ahead, apparently. And League Two's been cancelled. I must have missed. I must have missed that 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 League Two is called something different. The last time I checked, it was the EFL League Two. So the EFL Championship, the EFL League One, and the EFL League Two. So why on earth hasn't the EFL cancelled all of the leagues, or they're all doing the same thing? Surely they're not. Um, umbrella differently to, to, to three different leagues. Surely the same league is is done by the same governing governing body. And and this you is what's, hear the best one today. Um here's what Harrogate's uh, managing director said. No that um basically they're pushing for them uh, to be promoted from League Two after the clubs have voted because they're um they're second in the standards, they're four points behind the leaders when it was all stopped. Yeah, but right, yeah. that is a dangerous, dangerous precedent to set. Yeah. If you start handing out promotions, relegations, uh, trophies, titles for teams that aren't mathematically qualified for that, like if they haven't mathematically won it, then they don't get the title, in my opinion. If you haven't mathematically been promoted, then you don't get promoted. If the season's void, I mean, if they void, void, so then, in my opinion, every single one of those clubs has got to stay where they are. They I totally agree. We had the same conversation when Kev was on the show um, four weeks ago, one that we had Kev on, and Mm. we're on about Scottish football. And Scottish football, outside of the Premier League, relegated and promoted, uh, League One, League Two, uh, Championship League One and League Two. Today, Celtic won the league. I haven't, haven't, haven't earned the right to win it, but they've won the league and Hearts have been relegated. And then an hour later, an hour later, um, the the government body in Scotland decided and said that on appeal, Hearts could stay up and they could expand the league and increase an extra an extra team in the league. So that like which is fine. See what what you might as well do. You might as well void the season because you're not going to relegate Hearts. That means you can't promote Dundee United. That means you can't relegate the team from the Championship. You can't relegate the team from League One, and you can't relegate the team from team from League Two, because you're setting a precedent with the best sides, and you're setting a precedent with one of the biggest teams in Scotland, which is Hearts. Just because Hearts 
are where they are. If you're going to go set set a president, you either stick to your decision and go go through that the whole decision, or you just void the whole season. Nobody goes up, nobody goes down. But if well, that means then Celtic don't win the title, it should be that. But the Premier League have long wanted to uh, stop relegation, haven't they? They've long yeah. wanted that. They've long wanted to isolate their league and and make it separate. And I think that has been shown with all these negotiations. It's been shown how little the championship is thought of because you don't see these stories about what they're going to do with the championship, but they're going to do playoffs. They're going to do this. It's always the Premier League. It's always um, what's going to happen with the Premier League. And then it's almost like the Football League is just an afterthought. They'll do, they'll sort that whenever, but the Premier League must be complete. And it's like, well, they're all linked. They all go into each other. They all play in the FA Cup. They all play in the Carling Cup. I just... I've I've said it for weeks, mate. I, I, FIFA should have stepped in, and it should have been the same for everyone because you've got leagues like the Premier League and the La Liga and all these different leagues who play in the same tournaments in Europe. So it has to be an even playing field for everyone. You can't I totally agree. have one league doing this and then another mm. league doing that. It's I totally agree. Bonkers, but then, but, but then it doesn't. I also I, I I watched a football show on Sky a couple of days ago. And Phil Parkinson was on. Phil is now Sunderland manager. Mm-hmm. Um, his sides, his sides in the playoffs, and rightly so, he wants he wants the playoffs to happen because he wants to get out that division. Um, but then you've got Ipswich Town who are tenth, and the argument he said that they're having is Ipswich Town can still qualify for the playoffs. Yeah, they've got a couple of games in hand, so he thinks, and and he said the proposal is from tenth upwards, often tenth to 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 to, to ten to three, so they're going to have a seven a seven team playoffs instead of four. Well. How is that fair? How so can you well, adapt it for well, one might, league but not another exactly. league? And... See, you, you could, because because for me, you know what I mean. Yes, get with my Cardiff City hat on. That means the championship should have Cardiff City and up, or the teams below Cardiff City and up. Because if you if you can still mathematically make the playoffs, then surely your argument is because Cardiff City want that Premier League money, they might as well. Push for go it. for it. Well, you've got nothing to lose, have you? Because what well, happens? You, you lose a game or two, and you, then, then you're out anyway. But you might do. You could go back. So Cardiff are on 54 points in ninth. Blackburn and Swansea are on 53, just under them. And then Derby are on 51. And Derby are in, Q- Derby are in form. Yeah, QPR are on 50. So arguably, you could go down to 13th and say they mm-hmm. could all still do it. But mm-hmm. Derby County are banging form. They've gone mm. from like bottom of the league to twelfth. Yeah. Wayne Rooney's on fire. They got all this momentum. Yeah, I know. So why shouldn't they be in these ridiculous playoffs? And this is and this and this is this is this is the thing that we've got. I mean, you know what I mean? That that you do points per game isn't going to work because you're not going to have the, you're not going to have that 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 kind of that kind of change in in a swing. You know what I mean? So you, you're going to avoid a season and just say where you are now. You might as well finish. And so it just, just, it just doesn't sit right with me. You know what I mean? I've said it all along. You know, I'd love, I'd love the season to finish when it's right to finish. Why do we need to rush it? Why are we rushing it? Why are we rushing to cancel seasons when you might as well leave it and, and cancel next season? Just, just, it just, just doesn't make sense to me. Just, you know what I mean? But now, now it's dragged on that long. I don't know if players are going to want to start again. You know what I mean? People are saying they want another four weeks when they go back training. Apparently, the championship's going back training on Monday. They're having the they're having a test done on Thursday and Friday, which is costing tens of thousands of pounds per week. Some clubs can't afford it, so how do they how do they get round it? You know what I mean? There's there's, there's clubs who are, who are losing managers. I know Burton Albion lost Nigel Clough today, one of the longest serving managers in the football league. He left he left his position. Um, as do you know why Burton Albion? Why did he leave? Yeah, 
Uh, he left as a as a cost cutting, um, save money apparently. Mm. Why wouldn't he just take a like a go and furlough or if he's gonna? Yeah, because they're, they're giving it. They're giving player manager to Jake Buxton, who was a uh, was a player, so he's player manager. The thing which doesn't make sense about that is they would have had to pay him off by sacking him if he's got any sort of contract. It, it, it depends. Yeah, if if he... It depends if his contract run out. I suppose if his contract run out, he's just been released out of his contract. He might have been out. Yeah, but he would have had a contract till at least the end of the season. So what's that? Yeah. July, June, July. So they've still had to pay him three, you know, his wages, which they would yeah. have paid him anyway. Yeah, totally um, agree. So that's a bit bizarre. Uh, Craig says, I know the situation is unusual, but the rules makers should have uh, should have something in the rules about if the league is abandoned. They do for the games. Uh, it's happened in the history of football with wars, etc. So really, they should make sure that there is something in place. Uh, spot on. But mm. FIFA should have sorted this now, probably three weeks ago, say. Like, I can understand giving a bit of time. Now it's just dragging on. People and clubs are getting frustrated. The clubs at the lower end of the game are struggling to pay their bills, to do this, that. The players at the top end of the game are getting twitchy because they're thinking of their contracts running out in a couple of weeks. I don't know if I want to play because my contract's up and I was looking for a big move to X, Y and Z. No, I totally agree. And then, and then on top of this side as well, potentially, who knows? You know what I mean? You might have games getting postponed, abandoned for whatever reason. You know what I mean? We all know, we all know what the weather's like in Derby. You know what I mean? For the snow. You know what I mean? Ed, Ed no, tells us all the time. Bad, you know, so you know what I mean? So you know what I mean? You just, you just, you just don't know, do you? You just don't know what's around the corner. You know what I mean? If 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 teams are, if teams aren't allowed to play for two weeks, if the coronavirus hits their clubs, then what's the point in playing anyway? Because then you're, you're two weeks behind everybody else. It's unfair. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a, it's making a farce of the whole thing. Yes, I want football back, but I want it back proper. I want it back right. I said on, I think I said Saturday night or Saturday afternoon about half time during the Dortmund game that football's nothing without football fans, and I'll, I'll stick by that. I will stick by that statement because for me, football fans make um, football. If if there was no football fans in the Millennium Stadium in two thousand and three when I scored my goal and we won the playoff final, wouldn't have felt the same. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have the same memories as it has. To this day, and, and rightly so, you know what I mean. And did you watch all the Bundesliga game, mate? Did you watch the whole game? I watched the whole game for Dortmund. Yeah, I, I, what I like Tinder on. I just couldn't get into it. I just, it's not the same. Um, and like, like so. For instance, we I've done a couple of UFC uh, shows recently with uh, some UFC proper UFC fighters. Brett Johns. We had Richard Shaw. Got Jack Tankshaw coming on soon. A little plug for that. Danny Batten Fight Show, check it out if you like boxing and MMA. Um, so with them, they've got um, they're doing it in a you know like an arena. They everybody's got to be tested. The cameramen, everyone who's going to be in that building, has got to be tested before. And all the fighters are isolated during their fight camp with their teams. They have no contact with the outside world, apart from the hotel staff who are also tested. They're in a set hotel, so it's like. You've got that. That's easier to do in a fight yeah, yeah. thing because you can isolate those people completely. Whereas football, there's so many people. I think it's difficult. You saw who was it? Um, I can't remember. I texted you. One of the German coaches was banned from going to the game. I think it was from Cologne. Yeah, but um, he went. He went about two more toothpaste, and he broke the yeah. isolation rules of they had yeah. to stay in the hotel and all this. Mm. And it's like, mm. whilst I understand the rules and stuff, it is what it is. I just think. So if, but then, so, but then, so you've got you've got you've got ball boys and ball girls getting the balls at the games. Well, yeah, 
just have just have fifty more balls and just get the mm. balls at the end. Yeah, and those social distancing rules make no sense because you had players social distancing on the bench, and then if they come on for a corner, they're going to be all over each other, marking and hugging, and there were, yeah, so it's, it just, like, it's pointless. Yeah, it just it just didn't make sense. I, I, I really wanted football back, and you know, I mean, a people, a few people jumped down, jumped on my throat a little bit over the weekend about saying what did what did they expect? And I, 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 I listen, I I totally understand where people are coming from. I, I don't know what I what I, what I expected because I've never watched it before. I've never I've never experienced this before, like anyone else. Yeah, it's never happened before, is it? You know what so I mean? don't know so what I've watched. I've watched. I've watched Champions League games behind closed doors before on TV. Hated them. You know what I mean, but this yep. this felt this felt worse because there wasn't it wasn't no crowd trouble. It wasn't you know what I mean. It wasn't do you know what I mean. And then I watched the game on Sunday. I watched uh, Union Berlin against um, Bayern Munich, and Union Berlin apparently weren't a team two two or three years ago. You know what I mean. The the, the fans have built this football club up. They've um, they've formed this club. They've they've financed it. They've built a stadium. And then all of a sudden, the biggest game of their history, they weren't allowed any fans in, in, the, in the ground against the biggest team in Germany. And this is, this is the biggest thing. You see, Martin's got a point there. He's got, he's got a point. Cancel a lot. Life's more important than football. Life's the only thing in, in life because yeah. football, wouldn't be, football wouldn't be here if it wasn't for life. You know what I mean? And, and what, what I don't want to... Sorry, listen. You know what I mean? I, and we, we don't want to have a conversation in, in a month's time, six weeks' time of doing a show about somebody who's lost their life playing football. Because they've been not, I don't want to say forced, but not railroaded either. But there's these players are being put under pressure to play. Let's make no mistake. Let's not um, let's not hide behind whatever. There, there's a vast, there's a lot of those footballers, or there's a big portion of them who are not comfortable playing. They don't, but they don't want to put their families at risk. And why should they? Because, like. Wales is still on lockdown completely. The kids are not going back to school anytime soon because there's no vaccine, there's no cure. So people are, you know, trying to protect their families, their businesses, whatever it may be. People are worried. So why should sports people of any kind be used as guinea pigs to see if we can mm. get on with it? This is um, it's dead easy. It's dead easy for me and for you to to sit here and, 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 and to say, don't go back, go back. You know what I mean? I, I've, I've, I've had conversations with, with my dad, with Sophie about, would, would, I, would I play? Would I play? Would I want to go out that door, play and come back and put family at risk? Um, it's a big decision you've got to make. You know what I mean? And then you've got the, the so-called ex-players who, who say, if players don't play, they shouldn't get paid. Well, you can't say that. You can't say that. You know, I mean, every individual is different. And if, if they don't want to play, the reason why they don't want to play, surely, is because they're scared to play. Yeah. You know it's I mean? just, it's, they're trying to probably trying to protect a family member or a baby yeah. or someone. Uh, Jamie says there, my entertainment shouldn't come before someone's life. Um, Leslie's just made a good point. First time for everything, Leslie. Well done. <laughs> um, he says, since Boris lifted the uh, the lockdown, Everyone's in is going about like there's nothing, there's no virus, and you know, the two meters is gone, and Asda's and Tesco's, everything's all gone. Well, Leslie, in Wales, everything is still going. We're all on lockdown because we're not listening to Boris, basically. The Wales, the Welsh government have finally grown some balls. But for me, this is this is this is similar size to 
to what we're talking about about football, about about governing bodies doing the same thing. For me, everybody in the UK should be doing the same thing. Of course you know what should. I mean? So we're all singing off the same sheet because you know what I mean. People can people people live on borders. People work over over borders of places. You know what I mean? So. How does that work? Because you live in a certain place, you're not allowed to go to work because you. It just it, that, it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be this kind of this 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 complex and this this difficult. You know what I mean? We, we we're trying to protect lives. We're trying to protect the NHS. We're trying to stop things becoming worse. Yes, the rates going down. I'm not an expert, by the way. Before anybody jumps down my throat, I ju I just listen to the same as everybody else, and I just want all this to go away because I've got uh, a six and a half week year old baby who's never met anybody. I've got a, a mum who I'd love to go and give a cuddle to. I've got a dad who I'd love to go and give a cuddle to. You know what I mean? There's, 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 there's. I haven't seen my brother. You know what I mean? There's, there's, and same as everybody else. I'm not, I'm not. This isn't a feel sorry for me show, but I, this is just my, my own personal thing. Like everyone else has got their own little personal things, and we just, I just want it to go away. And I don't see it getting any better whilst we're going back to normality, or, or seems to like we're going back to normality. I, I went for a, a bit of exercise on uh, Saturday. Uh, where I live, went on my bike for 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 a while, and I saw uh, ice cream shops open, people queuing up to get an ice cream, and I just think, is that does that does that really need to happen? Do you know what I mean? Is that is that a necessity in your life? And I just don't get it. I don't get it. She's been told off by my wife. No politics, can we, Simon. Can we ban? Can we ban people on here? Yeah, I can. I can ban someone. <laughs> I can ban anyone I want. I had to ban someone, didn't I, the other day? Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, look, at the end of the day, like, the only reason we're just discussing it, people are scared, like, that's it, you know? Like, like the only reason I'm so, like, against and saying void the season <laughs> is because I don't want Liverpool to win the league. No, no, it's because I don't want to be doing a show in a week, two weeks, a month, paying tribute to footballer X because he's died of coronavirus. Mm. Simple as that. And me watching football, it doesn't matter more than keeping everyone... Well, I want to keep as many people alive as possible now, at the end of the day. That's yeah, it. totally agree. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, so just to finish off, and um, James says, uh, if there's people's lives at risk, things need to be more straightforward. Having things be more complex doesn't help. It's uh, very true. Uh, Richie says, even the school teachers are being targeted now as well. I feel that I can't send my kids back to school for the rest of this year. Once the parliament is fully open, then everything else possible can get back to some sort of normality. Um, what we got? My, uh, like my, my wife uh, hasn't seen her mother since her auntie's funeral, so my mother-in-law's sister's funeral. Like, but she, you know, we'd all love she'd love to go and see her, but she doesn't mm. want to be going to another funeral. Yeah, totally agree. I totally agree. And, and I'd love to see my like, mother. My mother lives on her own. She's yeah. sixty-four or whatever. Same as my I mum. Yeah. For like nine weeks or something. Mm. But... And, and and I think this is the thing side for me that I see this as a as a short term a short term thing a short term fix because yeah. if if I did go and see her and um, something the worst the worst case scenario happened I'd have to live with that forever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I, and I, and I'd blame myself because. You just don't know, do you? Because you, you, you would feel like your impatience got the better of you, and the worst yeah, and happened. I, and I and I passed it on. I've yeah. somehow passed. I've somehow passed it on, even though even though I feel okay. You just don't. You just don't know, and you just you know what I mean. And it's not it's not nice. You know what I mean? You've got parents up and down the up and down the world, country. You know what I mean? 
we were on their own. It's awful to see, you know what I mean? That, that FaceTime, social media, Zoom, everything is just being battered and hammered just to, just so people can um, have a bit of a bit of normality with your family. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, mate, this we all we all want it, do we? Um, mm. I just like to say uh, shout out to the person who just sent a donation to the uh, the podcast PayPal. Um, I appreciate that immensely. They've asked, they have asked not to be named though. So, but I thank you very much. I do really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, another good show, mate. Another good chat. Um, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Very interesting. Clay has some great stories to tell. Indeed, loved he did. It. 200th episode of Ace Podcast Nation. And um, again, I will say thank you to everyone, uh, everyone who's watched, viewed, shared, liked over the 200 episodes. It's only the beginning. We're only getting going. Um, thank you to you as well, Andy, for your uh, co hostness and uh, your friendship and all that crap. Man. Yeah. Always, mate. Always here. Appreciate it, my friend. Appreciate it. Um, and also, I'd like to say that um, if anyone is interested in sponsoring this show or Ace Podcast Nation as a channel or any of our other many series, um, you can get in contact with myself. You can get in contact with uh, Black Diamond Sports International, uh, who are now representing not just Mr. Campbell, but also Ace Podcast Nation Um the emails in my bios and stuff but uh yes it's all good thank you <laughs> to everyone who's tuned in obscenities in the mm. in the live chat as usual can't take them anywhere no, no. Uh, subscribe youtube.com slash ace podcast nation that is still the best most direct way to support the channel and uh, helps us grow as we try to get to that thousand on youtube which has seemed proven elusive as we hurtle along on Facebook. But um, again, I thank you all for watching. I thank you, Andy. I thanks to Clayton as well. Hoping that I can get Clayton on for a, an episode of my story or, or unscripted, uncensored. I think that could be quite good. Um, yeah. But we'll, uh, we'll see. He's a very busy man. And uh, there's just people everywhere. Uh, thank you to everyone. There's too many comments to read. I can't go through them all. I'm going to go and have a drink with my wife. To celebrate 200 <laughs> episodes of Ace Podcast Nation. I thank you. It's Andy Campbell. It's in. Campbell comes off the bench to be a hero. A superhero. Breakthrough. It's taken a while, but it's been worth the wait for Cardiff City. Podcast Network.